Hello, it's Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. We're here till 4 o'clock every weeknight slash weekday morning. Um, we uh, start at 11 o'clock. We go to 4 o'clock. 312-981-7200 is the phone number on the Team Hochberg phone line. You can always get a hold of us. Uh, coming up in just a few minutes, Mike and Mia Kerrs are going to join us. They run the Midway Drive-In in Sterling, Illinois. And they've got a very special event uh, this weekend coming up. Bruce Campbell from uh, the Evil Dead movies and so much more is going to be there live, uh, socially distanced, all that stuff. And uh, we're going to tell you all about the details of Bruce Campbell being at the drive-in. He'll be there on Friday the 10th and Saturday the 11th. And we'll give you all the details on uh, on uh, this big event and all the horror movies that they're going to be showing. we got some scary stuff we're going to be talking about uh this morning, apparently paranormal reports increased during stay-at-home orders. So the ghosts were uh, didn't want people in the house, evidently. And uh, we're going to talk about some uh, some spooky lady that visits a toddler. Uh, when, uh, we've got common nightmares and their meanings. And we, we also um, do want to get back to that crazy bat, that uh, the bat with the human-sized wingspan. One of the weirdest looking things I've ever seen in my life. Bats freak me out. Yeah. So, I don't know. And we could talk about things that freak you out, too. Uh, and there's real animals out there that are so weird, you might think that they're make that they're make-believe. And we'll talk about that as well. Um, at midnight, Dan Feinberg is going to join us for his bi-weekly visit. Dan is a uh, TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter. You can follow him on Twitter at the Fine Print F I E N. Lots of TV to talk about every time Dan's on. We always have a great time, so we'll talk TV with Dan. We also play back uh, classic Johnny Carson clips. You can watch the Johnny Carson show every night on Antenna TV, and so we like to play some uh, really fun stuff from uh, the Johnny Carson show. And uh, classic Carson this morning. We're going to get a visit from uh, the one and only Floyd R Turbo, <laughs> giving an editorial reply. Um, so, and we're going to play around if it came from Amazon, which is, uh, real items and real reviews of items that are found on, uh, Amazon. And some of these reviews are absolutely, um, hilarious. They're, they're just ridiculous. And, and of course, some of the items are ridiculous too. So, uh, that's all coming up again. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Um, and, um, yeah, you can uh, also uh, download our podcasts. Check them out because every second of every show is is turned into a podcast, and you can uh, check them out. You can go to wgnradio.com, check them out, and then also you know iTunes or wherever else you get your uh, your podcasts. So, um, yeah, so that's what's coming up here. Mike and me occurs. Uh, they run the Midway Drive In, and we're going to talk with them about the really cool event that they're doing this weekend. So, um, yeah, dealing with the heat. That's the thing, <laughs> and we're going to have another hot one, uh, another hot one tomorrow. 
with storms and stuff, so that makes it even more fun. But we'll cool off just a little bit over the weekend. We just got to get through one more really hot day because on Friday we'll get a little relief. And um, and then again, next week it gets hot again. Uh, I was looking at the uh, looking at like the 10-day the, the forecast. So, Tom, how are you dealing with the heat? You have AC. Yeah, I'm just I'm just lucky. I'm I'm floor level, you know, I'm ground level. Yeah. So, uh no not too much heat for me. Not too much heat. That's even not, with the AC off. Not the case in my in my place. And my bedroom is nice and icy cuz I got a window unit in my bedroom. So that's that's good. I was actually under blankets earlier. Can you believe that? That's wild to me. Yeah. Um had the fan at the foot of the bed going, cranking the AC. My bedroom's not that big, so it gets it cools off pretty quickly. But the rest of my apartment, swamp. <laughs> Watching TV in the morning, you know. I mean, before it gets really hot, you know. Normally, it's it's hot. It normally, you know, the hottest part of the day is usually you know the afternoon, like like one to four. That's your that's your peak for heat. I'm in bed at that time, you know, in the bedroom, cranking the air. So it's not that bad. I mean, the morning. The early, you know, the early morning is it, it's it's muggy, and it's not incredibly pleasant. But during the the hottest part of the day, I'm usually in the bedroom, and so th- that's that's when I'm happy about the uh, about the hours. I'm always happy about the hours that I work. I love working the overnights, but it's always, you know, you know, when the prime heat hits, like I said, I'm in the bedroom asleep, and I would normally be in the bedroom asleep even if it wasn't so hot i hope you're dealing with the heat okay i hope everybody is safe um and uh and uh so uh, stay cool if you can uh 312-981-7200 is the phone number uh we're going to talk with mike and mia occurs after the break uh mike and mia run the midway drive-in they also run the flashback horror convention which unfortunately has been canceled due to the pandemic um, this uh, year, which is very disappointing. We'll talk a little bit about that. But they've got a very cool event happening at the Midway Drive-In, which is in Sterling, Illinois, uh, happening this weekend, and we'll tell you all about it while we talk to Mike and Mia. Now I'm not like this. I'm really kind of shy. This feeling whenever you walk by I don't want to down you I want to make you high Hello, Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN Live in the Skyline studio here till 4 o'clock um, After midnight, Dan Feinberg, TV critic from The Hollywood Reporter Is going to make his bi-weekly visit to talk TV Hey Tom you yeah. remember when the biggest news story was an alligator in Humboldt Park? I do. It was one year ago. One year ago. Chance the Snapper. <laughs> you still got that shirt, don't I you? I do. I have alligator watch shirt. My parents got me. God, what a what a news cycle that was. Yeah, that was that was back that was back in the innocent days. Yeah, a simpler time when, when all I, we had to worry about was an alligator. When there was a little alligator in Humboldt Park and that was the headline. <laughs> that was the story that captured the the imagination. Captured America. Yeah. Were you one year away from that? God do Seems, I feel it's doesn't it seem like it was like twenty years ago? <laughs> oh man. Anyway, I was just thinking about that anniversary. Good old chance the snapper in Humboldt Park. That was the big news story. 
Who would have thought a year later we'd be in this? So, um, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. And um, Mike and Mia Kurz are good friends of mine. I've known them for many, many, many years. Um, they run the Flashback uh, Weekend Horror Convention, um, which I've been a part of since the beginning in 2002. And unfortunately, it had to, had to be canceled this year because of the, uh, the pandemic, which you know I'm very disappointed about, but it also it makes sense. But they also run uh, the beautiful Midway Drive-In in Sterling, Illinois. And they have a really great event happening this weekend on Friday and Saturday. Um, Bruce Campbell's going to be there live, the legendary Bruce Campbell. And um, he's just, you know, he's just great. I've done Q&As with him. I've interviewed him a bunch of times. Um, he's also in so many fantastic horror movies, and he's just an iconic guy and one of the nicest guys there. And he's going to be live at the drive-in. We want to get uh, Mike and Mia to talk about that. Hey, guys, how you holding up? Hey, Nick, how have you been? Okay. Hey, Nick. Hey, Mia. Happy, uh... Happy belated birthday. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. How are the kids doing? They are doing fine. Fine. Thank you for asking. Okay, cool. I'm glad you guys are okay. Um, You know, I just want to start with, um, you know, I think it was the right decision to cancel Flashback this year, obviously, but I'm very disappointed because you you guys had some great guests lined up, and I always look forward to it. It's like the highlight. For me, it's the highlight of my summer um, every year. But I think it was the right decision. You guys agree? Oh, yes. Well, the good news is all the guests that we had booked for this year are, are invited to appear next year. Okay. In 2021 at the uh, Hyatt Regency. So we'll, so we'll still be at the beautiful new hotel. It'll just be one year. Yeah, yeah. From, from now. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I was I, I'm a, I'm, I, I'm was especially excited to meet Shawnee Smith. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yes, yes, yeah. I yeah, really. She, she is great. Yes, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I really she like. Is invited. Yeah. Well, next year as well. Very cool. Now, so so you, flashback started in 2002. Am I right? Let's see. Uh, 2002. Yes. That yeah. Is so correct. 18 so, years. You guys have been doing this. Yeah. Wow. Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so much fun though. It's like, like I said, it's always the highlight of it's always the highlight of my summer every year. So, yeah, yeah, and, and actually, uh, the the one thing that came out of Flashback is the Midway Drive-In. As you know, we started doing the outdoor movie showings at uh, Flashback right. back in two thousand and four. Right, and then and then we figured, well, you know, let's let's do the real thing. Let let's do a real drive-in theater, and uh, with a vintage drive-in existing permanent fixture because uh, so many uh, the word drive-in is bandied about a lot these days but 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 what what makes a drive-in is it's a permanent fixture with with grading so that way the when you park there because the drive-ins because uh they have the grading so that way your car elevates a little bit pointing towards the screen right so you can see so so the midway is one of about 300 and some permanent real drive-ins in the country and we were just lucky enough to have found it and uh and we uh and we run it as a labor of love and we play first run movies in addition to uh special are. events yeah and and, and and Mia just said when there are first run movies so uh so at this point we're showing classics and retro classics yeah that, well, it's it, it's is it hard to get a hold of those well, uh, actually, the, the the studios have been great with uh, with with working 
with us with 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 the making the retros available, and and even Disney, who who normally uh, puts all their older movies into the uh, vault, as they say. So, like with Disney, their older movies are not available, but even Disney has made a series of their uh, classics available. So, 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 so we're very appreciative of that, and uh, and all the other studios have been great making their classics available. So, right, it's been great. Yeah, yeah. The movie business has taken. Well, I mean, a ton of businesses have taken a a, a big hit during this. But the movie business, not just the 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 movie theaters, um, you know, the indoor movie theaters, but uh, the movie business itself. Obviously, production has been shut down and everything. So it's affected. Uh, it's affected the entertainment world hugely. Yeah. Yes, it is just so so sad. And uh, and and driving theaters. You know, there are three hundred of us real driving theaters left, and. Uh, but uh, and, and we've been doing well now. But but we really feel for our uh, indoor theater uh, associates and colleagues yeah. because the indoor theaters are our brethren, so to speak, and and we really want them to be able to open and uh, and be successful and to uh, survive. So we are really uh, you know we're really pulling for the indoor theaters to, right. to hang in there and until uh, the first run movies are available again and. Uh, and, and then we can uh, be partners with them again. Yeah. Well, we we wish uh, everybody who's been affected by this, and which is all of us in some in some way or another. But uh, yeah, we really hope the business gets back to normal. Tell me about the history of uh, uh, of the of the Midway Drive-in. Well, actually, this is its seventieth anniversary. Wow! And uh, opened in August of nineteen fifty, and we had been planning some special events for it, and we had. And we had planned about doing a, a classic series, but then the, uh, but then with with all this, with no first run movies, we've been playing all classics all summer. Yeah, and then and then as luck would have it, uh, we have one very special event for our uh, 70th anniversary. Bruce Campbell, as you were saying before, is going to be live at the Midway this coming uh, Friday and Saturday. Right. And that's going to be great. I mean, Bruce is amazing. For people who might not know who Bruce Campbell is, legendary uh, genre actor, made uh, some great horror movies. He's also hilarious. And, um, you know, he was in the Evil Dead series and uh, the original Evil Dead series, and he's been in so much other uh, great stuff. He's also, I mean, as you guys know, the guy is spectacular uh, on the microphone with with an audience, and uh, and he's one of the be- he's one of the best at at the Q and A's and entertaining. He's he's fantastic to see live, and what's and what we're doing this and uh, in the midway we're the midway normally it's a driving theater but we're transforming it into a uh, it's going to be like seeing Bruce in concert uh, with him performing his uh, Q and A and we'll be projecting his image onto the screen so you'll see a ninety foot wide Bruce in addition to him being on stage up at the front and. Uh, and a drive-in is just, just really suited for the special event because everyone will have uh, their own car space. Right. And what we've done at the Midway is reduced the car space by 50%. So every car gets basically two parking spots so they can really social distance and stay in their car mm-hmm. in their own space for, for their own, you know, for their peace of mind and, and to be able to see Bruce. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, Mike, Mia, hang on, Okay. Sure. sure. Okay. Uh, Mike and Mia Kurz, uh, they run the Midway Drive-In um, out in Sterling, Illinois. Bruce Campbell is going to be there live. If you've never seen Bruce Campbell 
uh, live. I mean, you really should because he's so enormously entertaining. And uh, and of course, they're going to show some movies uh, related to Bruce Campbell. And uh, the special event, um, the box office opens at 7 o'clock both nights, and it's Friday, July 10th, Saturday, July 11th at the Midway Drive-In in uh, in Sterling. And we'll talk uh, uh, more with uh, Mike and Mia um, right here on 720 WGN. All right. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. We are live in the uh, Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago, and we're here till 4 a.m. Coming up after midnight, our good friend Dan Feinberg is going to join us for his bi-weekly visit. Um, he is a TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter, and there's always a lot of fun TV to talk about with Dan. 312-981-7200 is the phone number if you would like to uh, join us. Um, and uh, we're talking with Mike and Mia Kurz right now. They run the Midway Drive-In in Sterling, Illinois. Special event this weekend. Bruce Campbell, the great legendary Bruce Campbell, is going to be live at the Midway. And uh, it's uh, on Friday, July 10th, and Saturday, July 11th. The box office opens at 7 o'clock. Mike and Mia, hi. Hey, Nick. Hey, Nick. Yeah. So, uh, so the uh, last of the Bruce Campbell tickets just sold. So uh, they are sold out now. For we are sold out for Friday and Saturday for oh, Bruce. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good news. Yes. So, uh, but uh, but we can tell for the lucky folks who have tickets. Actually, if if you know someone who has tickets already in a car, you can you you can get in the car with them as long as you're wearing a mask and and everything. And then uh, and and. And, and we can sell tickets at the box for those cars who have people in them who need tickets. Oh, okay. So, so, so because it's the car capacity that's sold out. Right, so the car capacity is sold out, but you can load up your car. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's a good idea. So people can yeah. still go. Just if you know somebody who's got tickets, jump in the car and go with them. Uh, right. what, okay. And they can buy their ticket at the, at the box office. Now. Got it. Got it. So, uh, okay, what are what are some of the rules that you guys uh, are 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 doing in order to uh, you know to keep to keep things safe for uh, you know from for the pande- for the pandemic and, and things like that? So, what what are the rules for this weekend? Oh, several things. Good question. Yeah. First of all, uh, when, when you pull into the drive of the midway, everyone in the car put a mask on because uh, when you go up to the box office and have contact with the box office person. We want you know, everyone wearing a mask. Our staff will be wearing masks, and so everyone in the car put a mask on. And then uh, you pull in, and then when you get to your parking spot, you can take your mask off while you're within your own uh, your own private uh, spot, your, yeah. your own parking space. But then when you leave your parking space and you're going to be walking around where other people are in shared space, then, then everyone wears a face covering. And uh, when you're walking around, when you're going to the restroom, and we're going to have a vendor table set up that are going to be socially distanced. And then, uh, so then wear a mask when you uh, walk around to, to those as well. And then six feet apart from everyone at all times. Right. And, and then in the restrooms, lines, uh, again, six feet apart. And, uh, and in the restrooms, same, uh, wear face covering when you, when you enter the building to uh, go to the restroom. And then we have a uh, professional janitor crews that'll be, uh, Cleaning the restrooms every 
every 10 minutes, if not sooner. And, uh, and then, uh, we also are limiting the number of people who can be in any one place at any given time so, mm-hmm. right. so, in the bathroom or at the vendor table. So that, that way we're assured that, you know, there's not too many, not too, too big of a group in any place. Gotcha. Yeah. Is the concession, so is be, the concession stand going to be closed? Yeah. Well, yeah, the, uh, the walk-in concession stand is closed. However, we will have a walk-up window snack bar window to where you can walk up and, and order things. Yeah. You know, but, but but you just won't need to be uh, going in the building and gotcha. waiting in line. Gotcha. So, so the self-serve is, is not in function, or, or the interior function is not working. But, but but you can walk up and buy uh, cheeseburgers and corn dogs and uh, popcorn and pizzas and a couple of other items. Okay, so cool. we are serving a, a limited menu. Okay, now this is this is not just for this weekend. I mean, this is for the whole summer. These these are these rules are in place for the whole summer. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So and, if any know. if anybody is going to go to the drive in to the midway uh, at any time, those are the rules. Make sure you bring a mask and you socially distance and uh, and all of that stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So what else are you going to be showing later on? Since this is sold out, what are, what, what else? Uh, what other movies are coming up? Yeah. Well, uh, like we said before, we really appreciate that Disney has made some of their uh, classics available. And so the following weekend on July uh, 17th and 18th, Friday and Saturday, we'll be showing uh, Beauty and the Beast, the live-action version from a couple of years ago, and Iron Man. So Disney has made these two specific movies available. So That's a great double bill. That's a great double bill. Yeah, that's cool. It's it, I I love I, in the, one of the good things about you know one of the very few good things about this is that you know like I said drive-ins are 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 flourishing now because of this and 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 people get to see classic movies on the big screen which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. In fact, about a month ago, a bunch of us drive-in owners kind of got together and decided that this was Father's Day weekend, June nineteenth, and we. We knew that uh, Jaws, the 45th anniversary, was June 20th, and we figured, well, let's get together and I'll play Jaws and, and, and see how high we can boost it. And uh, and, and uh, about 100 or so drive-ins got on board. And uh, we and a funny and funny thing is, like, drive-ins play double features, so, like, all of drive-ins playing Jaws paired up with Jurassic Park, same studio, both were uh, Spielberg movies. Right. And then... And then a quirky thing happened. We had planned on making Jaws number one, but Jurassic Park wound up being the, the number one at the box office that that weekend because of because because of every drive-in that played Jaws played Jurassic Park, and then there were a couple of indoor theaters that played uh, Jurassic Park. So uh, so it, like Jurassic Park beat Jaws by like like just a little over a thousand dollars nationwide. Oh wow! That. So, so, so you saw, saw the headlines, Jurassic Park. So, driving owners were trying to get Jaws, but, uh, <laughs> but, but, but we boosted Jurassic Park up along with Jaws, and right. And so, some of the headlines were saying Spielberg versus Spielberg this, this weekend, and, and Spielberg wins. So, and Spielberg uh, wins. <laughs> Spielberg, yeah, Spielberg wins. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, for this weekend, uh, again, uh, it's sold out. But if you know somebody who has, um, uh, you know, who has a ticket, uh, load up the car, jump in the car, and go. Um, on Friday night, Bruce Campbell will be there live, and you're showing Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness. Yes, and uh, and the, the Army of Darkness, uh, actually, uh, both of them. But uh, 
the Evil Dead 2 has, has a 4K restoration, and, and we've tested it. It just looks beautiful. Oh, man. But, 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 but that movie just has such great lighting, and, and, and that director of photography wound up being becoming very renowned and even shot Twin Peaks The Return. He's, he's, he's just an amazing DP. Yeah. And it looks great. And, uh, and then uh, Army of Darkness on Friday, and then uh, Saturday night we'll, we have a, a Dust Till Dawn Horror Show. We'll be showing actually, actually a Grindhouse releasing has uh, remastered the uh, the original Evil Dead 4K restoration, mm-hmm. and it has a new stereo sound mix and a and a new reimagined score by the same uh, composer as the original. Right. And and this is and this is overseen by Bob Morowski from uh, Grindhouse Releasing, who when he's not winning Academy Awards for editing movies, he's his 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 passion is horror movies. So. Yeah. So he does great work with uh, Grindhouse releasing. And then we're also showing two other of Grindhouse releasings, Restorations, uh, The Beyond from 1981, Fulci's Classic. Classic. And then, and then I uh, I Drink Your Blood. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a legendary Grindhouse movie, no question about yeah. it. So yeah, that's a great... And picked, yeah, and we picked those two because they, they kind of complement Evil Dead. Uh, Evil Dead and The Beyond are both... Yeah, share some artistic sensibilities. Just, just both directors sure. and masters. Yeah, and then, and then I drink. And then another part of evil that is exploitation, and and that's where I drink your blood comes into play. So, yeah. Even if you haven't heard of those two movies, they really complement Evil Dead and make for a great, great night. Yeah, that's going to be a fun night, no question about it. Now, Bruce is going to speak for about an hour before the show begins. Correct. Yes, and so it's it's going to be like uh, kind of a rock concert with Bruce doing his Q and A stage yeah. show, and like I said, he's 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 just amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, it sounds like it's going to be fun, and uh, you guys are going to be open on the weekends throughout the summer, and uh, practicing the social distancing and all the rules that you guys have in place, so that everybody stays safe and healthy and has a great time at the drive-in. So, um, Bruce Campbell is sold out, but you can jump in a car with somebody who's already got the tickets, and it's Friday uh, and Saturday this weekend. The box office opens at 7 o'clock. Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness will be shown on Friday, and Saturday a triple feature of The Evil Dead, The Beyond, and I Drink Your Blood with uh, Bruce Campbell live doing his thing, which is going to be great. Uh, You guys, I wish you the best of luck. I'm going to miss seeing you this year. Yeah, well, well, you know, if you can get out to the drive-in one of these days, yeah, we'll have a pass waiting for you, definitely. Okay, buddy, I appreciate it. Thank, Mike, Mike, me, I love you guys, and we'll see you soon. Have fun, okay? Thank Great, Nick. Talk to you soon. Yeah, take care. Yeah, yeah. Mike and Mia Kurz, really cool people. Very, very cool people. Um, and you know, the drive-in is really making a comeback because of this, and um, and you know, to have an event like this with Bruce Campbell live, um. That's going to be fun. And all summer long, they do great stuff out at the, at the Midway Drive-In, and they're going to be showing classic movies all summer long. And it's, uh, you know, they're going to keep you safe, bring your masks, and uh, social distancing. Uh, they're only going to have half of the amount of cars that they normally have just to keep everybody safe and distance. And they've got rules in place that you have to follow. Um, and, yeah, yeah, all summer long, the Midway Drive-In is going to be around. It's in Sterling, Illinois, and you can check out MidwayDriveIn.com. Uh, for for more scheduling, what's happening for the rest of the summer. And if you know somebody who's got a ticket for the Bruce Campbell event at the Midway for this weekend, you can jump in their car, load up the car, and then you guys can get a ticket at the at the uh, at the gate when you get there. So that event is happening this weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday. Bruce Campbell live at the Midway, and then for the rest of the summer, the Midway will be going strong on the weekends and showing some classic stuff. So three one two nine eight one seven two hundred is the phone number.
here on 720 WGN. And uh, we're going to talk about this real story uh, about uh, Japan amusement park guests that we want to uh, talk about. And then we'll talk about amusement parks in general. And after midnight, it'll be our good friend Dan Feinberg, TV reporter, or TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter. Okay, it's Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. Uh, we're live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above uh, beautiful downtown Chicago. And it's going to be Thursday in about 15 minutes. And, uh, yeah, that's always fun, Thursday. We uh, got a round of It Came From Amazon coming up. We'll tell you some weird items and some uh, some hilarious uh, reviews of these items, actual real reviews of uh, people who purchased the items. Uh, we've got some uh, crazy paranormal stories that are happening, a uh, little spooky stuff coming up. And uh, Classic Carson, we always play some Classic Carson clips. Uh, Johnny Carson show is on every night on Antenna TV, and we're going to play a little clip from the hilarious character Floyd R. Turbo. So uh, 312-981-7200 is the uh, number if you would like to uh, if you'd like to join us. 312-981-7200. Uh, the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Uh, Dan Feinberg is going to join us after midnight for his biweekly visit. Here's Chris on WGN. Hey, Chris. Hey, Nick. How y'all doing? All right. What's up? Uh, I was going to help with y'all talking about drive-in. Uh, and I'll tell you what's playing on it. My drive-in at the auto drive-in here in Greenwood, uh-huh. in South Carolina. Okay. You ready for it? Yeah, go. Uh, screen one, they play in the Goonies from 1985 and the Ghostbusters from 84. Yeah. And screen two, they play in Jaws from the 70s and uh, Jurassic Park. Well, there you go. And screen three, they play in Black Panther and Bad Boys for Life. Ah, well, there you go. All right. That sounds like a fun, that sounds like a fun trip to the drive-in, Chris. Thanks for the call. All right. So, um, you know, as the, uh, the, the, you know, the numbers are, are decreasing a little bit, uh, things are starting to open up a little bit more, including amusement parks. But there are rules, like anything. Um, amusement Park Association wants quiet thrill rides, no hugs, as part of the post-coronavirus closure reopenings. <laughs> quiet thrill rides. Uh, the coronavirus pandemic has been rough on many businesses, but it's especially devastating for amusement parks. Tokyo Disneyland and Disney Sea, as well as Osaka's Universal Studios in Japan, have been closed since late February, dropping their attendance-related revenues down to zero during Japan's Golden Week spring vacation period uh, that straddles the end of April and the beginning of March. But with infection numbers decreasing, amusement parks are looking ahead to see what precautions they'll need to put into place in order to reopen. To that end, the East Japan and West Japan theme park associations have prepared a document titled Guidelines to Prevent the Spread of Infection of the Novel uh, Coronavirus, which says it has the agreement 
of Oriental Land Japan and USJ, the companies that manage Tokyo Disneyland, Disney Sea, and Universal Studios Japan, respectively. Uh, the document was posted um, at Nagahashi, uh, Nagashima's uh, res- resort hot spring facility to its website to lay out a number of suggested policies. A lot of them seem like they'd be pretty easy to implement, such as capping admission to parks of individual attractions or guests' temperatures at park entrances and uh, denying admission to those with fevers and also asking all guests to wear masks while inside the park. The association also asks entertainment facilities to encourage the use of cashless payment systems and advanced purchase tickets to shorten the amount of time spent uh, standing in line and handing out cash. The guidelines move into discussing uh, how to manage the attractions and the rides themselves and things get a little tricky. Again, some of them, like keeping windows and doors of indoor attractions open for better ventilation, um, seem like they uh, are hard to follow. Not hard to follow. But then you come to this. The cathartic release of tension that comes from yelling your guts out at the most intense part of a ride uh, is sort of the whole point of riding a roller coaster. Shouting and screaming are the exact responses they're designed to produce after all, but... With the coronavirus being a, uh, an airborne infection, the associations would rather have not uh, rather have riders' breath, saliva, or other mouth source particles flying around. It's not only thrill rides that the guidelines want guests to remain quiet while enjoying; they'll refrain from shouting and screaming. Also, shows up in sections for the indoor attractions and costume character shows, which would cover Japanese amusement parks, terrifying haunted houses. Um. With the, and also the cavorting mascots. Speaking of which, the document also asks uh, park managers to instruct, instruct staff, those uh, including those in costume, to refrain from hugging or any other sort of physical contact with guests and to develop gestures that can communicate friendliness since employees wearing masks, another listed guideline, uh, will make harder to see their welcoming smiles. At the moment, these are just guidelines, so it doesn't look like they'll uh, that you'll be thrown out of Disneyland for getting scared on Space Mountain. Still, if the experience of riding a roller coaster is even a split between fun and frightening for you, the guidelines suggest you're probably better off waiting a bit longer before your first post-closure day at Disneyland and getting a temporary fix with a virtual visit instead. So no screaming. No screaming at uh, at Tokyo Disneyland. That makes sense. It makes sense. So like anything that like any you know sort of entertainment thing that's happening now that re- normally requires you know crowds of people together you know it's going to be completely different. So but yeah please refrain from screaming on a roller coaster if you're if you're going to uh, Tokyo Disneyland. <laughs> so um yeah I can't rem- remember the last time that I was on a roller coaster. I just when I was a kid I used to love them. Used to love roller coasters. Would ride them all the time. But as I've gotten older, I've suddenly became terrified of heights and things like that. I can't imagine getting on a roller coaster now. I couldn't imagine it. I would be terrified, especially on one of those big, crazy roller coasters. That the worst part of getting on a roller coaster, I think. Well, you know, I think the scariest part is not really the ride itself, but it's the way you go up. And once you get all the way to the top, there's that moment where the where the roller coaster kind of just stops, and then goes down the first big the the first big dip. 
But yeah, when I was a kid, uh, I was, I loved them. I wasn't afraid of heights. I loved roller coasters. I wasn't afraid to fly. And then as I got older, I'm terrified of flying. I'm really not good with heights at all. I mean, when I was a kid, I would go to the you know the top of the Sears Tower, look right over the edge, and be fine, and think it was cool. But now I couldn't. I I would freak out if I were you know that high up. Actually, met with someone uh, in a in a business meeting a bunch of years ago whose office is in the Sears Tower, and he's on like the ninety eighth floor. And his office, we 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 went in just to talk. And his office was nothing but windows, like floor to ceiling windows. And the whole time I had to focus on looking directly at him and, you know, keep my eyes either down or forward, you know, while talking to him and not look around. And I don't know what I really I can't pinpoint when it happened. I do remember that the first time I started freaking out um, on a plane was in 1999 when um, we all went to New York to uh, do a three-week run of the play The Vinyl Shop that I uh, co-wrote and directed. And um, it was at the Fringe Festival in New York City in uh, lower Manhattan. And so we were flying to LaGuardia, and I was not scared of flying at all before that, but for some reason when I got on that, when I got on that flight, um, uh, I remember starting to freak out. And, you know, my, my wife at the time, my ex-wife now was like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. And it just suddenly happened. And I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know why that happened. So we're going to be talking about scary stuff a little bit later on. Um, but it, I don't know, I guess as I got older, I just started freaking out over things. (laughs) I I don't know, but I was pretty fear. I was pretty fearless as a kid. And rode all those crazy rides at amusement parks and rode roller coasters, you know, rode them all the time and loved them. So I guess things change as you get older. So, Tom, you're not afraid of heights, are you? Uh, Generally speaking, no. Yeah. Um, I love planes. I love going on planes. Yeah, you've said that before. Now, what about roller coasters? Are you a big roller coaster guy? (sighs) You know, I... I wouldn't consider myself much of a daredevil, but I do like roller coasters. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of them. I, I spent a lot of time growing up going to Six Flags in the summer because mm-hmm. we had this thing where if you read a certain amount throughout the school year, like you you log your reading, like you know you read for an hour every night. Um, they had this like read for America. I don't know. I don't remember what it was called, but if you read a certain amount of hours. You got a free pass to go to Six Flags to Great America. Yeah, to Great America. Yeah. And every year I cleaned up because I I read like a maniac. Mm-hmm. I read I read three hours every night. I was a big reader. Um, and then and then it just became a thing. You know, growing up in northwest suburbs, fairly easy to get to Gurney. You yeah, know? you get the the season pass was super cheap, and you could go as many times as you wanted. So that's kind of what we would do a lot. On the when I was when I was not afraid of roller coasters or heights, uh, the, the the classic wooden roller coaster, the Eagle. Yeah, the the American Eagle. The American Eagle is a classic roller coaster. So good. Yeah, they got the racing roller coasters that yeah you know, next to two each of other. Them. But the best roller coaster that I remember at Great America, and I haven't been to Great America in a very long time. I remember loving Raging Bull. Raging Bull was amazing. 
That's one of the. Is it still there? I believe so. Uh, They added like a 3D component to it now. No. Yeah. Yeah. If I remember correctly, because I, you know, they had some, uh, they had some like marketing thing going on where, uh, you know, you wear a headset now and there's like a. There's like a 3D component, or there's maybe there's lasers that simulate 3D. I get they, they've updated it, but it opened when I was a kid. I want to say it was brand new in like 1999, 98, maybe. It was there. it was the late 90s for sure. It was the late 90s for sure because I I've not been to Great America. Geez, I mean it's got to be 15, 20 years. Um, but uh, that was the that was the roller coaster that I thought was the I thought that was the best roller coaster. But now I, I couldn't I you, I couldn't go on it. I I loved it when I when, when you know the last time I was on Raging Bull. But there's no way I would be able to get on it. Did you ever go on Iron Wolf? Yes, the one where you, your head just kind of like, the worst. Yeah, they had to get rid of that one. Yeah, the worst. That was a stand up roller coaster. Yeah, stand up. You got the cod piece. Yeah. <laughs> going right between. Your no, legs. it was the worst. Whew. It was the worst. Yeah, Iron Wolf banged my head. I, it was like I had a a vasectomy and a and a brain surgery after like I got off that thing. Uh, here's Danielle on WGN. Hey, Danielle. Hi, Nick. How are you? All right. What's up? Um, I was going to say, my dad used to make me ride all of those coasters, and I used to get the worst, like, headaches. Like, my... Did we lose Danielle? Put in, um, the Viper. Yeah. I think it's called the Viper, right? Where you kind of, like, it's it's not a very strong, like, barrier to your lap, and you, like, fly up. Yeah, you think you're going to die for a second? Yeah. No, no, I know that is the Viper. Yeah, that's what that is. Is it the Viper? Yes. Yeah, that terrified me. My dad used to hold me down, and he was like, isn't this fun? And I'm like, no, wow. it's really not. All right. And like, I, you know, I don't know. Okay, but Danielle. Yeah, I love roller coasters. Okay, take care. Bye. See ya. Her dad traumatized her? <laughs> yeah. Made her get on a roller coaster? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta face the fear sometimes. Oh please! You gotta you gotta embrace the fear. You gotta live with it. Yeah, no. <laughs> we got scary stuff. We're gonna be talking about a little bit later on. Some paranormal stuff. Apparently, paranormal uh, reports are have risen since the stay at home orders. Sort of the ghosts restless. They just don't like the people being there all the time. Why don't you go to work? That's what the ghosts are saying. <laughs> They're yeah. coming out and going. Don't you have to go to work? There's two groups that want you to leave your house: ghosts and cats. Animals. Animals. Well, no, dogs are very dogs happy. Are, yeah, dogs, dogs are, are happy. Right cats now. are not. Cats are like, when are yeah. you going back to work? I want to have run of the place. Exactly. <laughs> I want to hang out with the ghosts that, that, that are living of, in your walls. That, I think that that boils it down to what the difference between cats and dogs. Right now, dogs are thrilled that everybody's got to stay home, and cats are not. And I think that absolutely shows you the difference between those two animals. So, okay, our good friend uh, Dan Feinberg is going to join us for his biweekly visit. We're going to talk TV, and uh, we'll do that after the news. You're looking kind of lonely, girl. Would you like someone new? Talk 
Hello, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio, uh, and we're here until 4 o'clock as we are every weekday morning. Uh, after 4 o'clock, we go to the Bradley Place to our partners over at the TV side of WGN, get some early morning news from them, and then uh, the great Bob Surratt at 5 o'clock. He's a legend. You know that, Tom? Bob Surratt? Legend. I've been told. Yes. I've heard. Um, yeah, we're going to play a little round of uh, It Came From Amazon. This is a fun, this is a fun little thing where we, t- we talk about real items that people have purchased on Amazon and then read their real reviews of them. And, Tom, some of these are unbelievably hilarious. When we're talking about the just just yesterday, you you brought up the what was the the oh, microwave mic- microwave for one cookbook? Yeah, microwave <laughs> <laughs> microwave for one cookbook, a real thing, and so sad. There there are you know there there are actually like a, a a bunch of cookbooks that are made for sad people. Have you ever seen those? Like people who live alone. Oh, you're cooking for yourself, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it is a beautiful thing that you can make a delicious meal in a microwave for yourself. Yeah. My girlfriend, uh, she she she's cooked a lot recently, but prior to this whole stay-at-home yeah. thing, not a whole lot of cooking. I do a lot of the cooking. Right. So if I'm, you know, if she's away doing on doing something at a conference or something like that, yeah. you better believe I'm not breaking out the pots and pans to make myself a meal. Yeah. Microwave. Yeah. For one. There it is. Story of my life, Tom. Yeah, I was. Gonna, don't you live alone? <laughs> I do live alone. I do, and I don't cook nearly as much as I used to. Well, maybe, maybe I'll have to buy you that book because, um, <laughs> you know, when you, I, I just like to cook for other people. I like to cook myself. I love to cook, but it's great to cook for other people. And I'm not married anymore, so it's just me. So I'm going to cook something and go. Oh, I like what I what I cooked for me. Yeah, me. So. Anyway, but yeah, microwave cooking for one. That was a uh, cookbook for one. The the review on that one was it with this. What was the review on that? Can you remember? Yeah, finally I have something else to put in my mouth other than the cold steel of my grandfather's shotgun. <laughs> grim, truly. So grim. that's some of the stuff that you can look forward to when we do. It came from uh, it came from Amazon. All right. Um, Dan Feinberg is our good buddy. He is the TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter. You can follow him on Twitter and everywhere else at The Fine Print, F-I-E-N. And uh, we always love to have Dan on to talk TV. We do it every couple of weeks. Uh, Dan, how you doing, man? I can't talk. I'm busy ordering meal in a mug and 80 fast, easy recipes for hungry people. All you need is a mug and a microwave. Get out of here. <laughs> you know, I mean, it seems much less sad than, uh, than microwave real meals for one. Uh, but there's also microwave recipes for one, which seems even more sophisticated. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> Look, you guys made me go down this rabbit hole. I had no interest whatsoever in learning how to cook meals for one in my microwave, but now I'm rather desperate. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glad we were able to get you down that wormhole. <laughs> let, let me assure you, between my microwave meals for one and my TV for one, it's, you know, everything is, is coming up, Dan. Yeah. 
Okay, there you go. Well, it's always great to talk to you, Dan. Uh, hey, how are you holding up during this uh, quarantine stuff? Fortunately, just staying busy. How about you? Staying busy. You know, I mean, I'm coming to work, though. You know, so uh, I got that. So uh, at least that keeps me, you know, kind of sane. <laughs> there's a bit of regular. Yeah, there's a bit of regularity. My work comes to me, so it's it's a little bit different. Having some place to go wouldn't be bad, but yeah. you know, at least there's still plenty of TV. Yeah, there's still plenty of TV, so you can still do your job, you know, and uh, you know you can do it remote. Knocking can, on wood. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, you know, the TV now. When when will the you know because because of, you know productions being shut down and stuff like that? When is that actually going to affect? programming oh it's it's not affecting programming already you there is no question if you look at the schedule for the rest of the month of july and then you look forward to august there is no question that there is less and less coming and more than that you're going to start noticing at least some of what's coming is beginning to look a little bit suspect you know things that under different circumstances might have been, I don't know, random British shows that would have popped up in the background uh, of your Netflix algorithm instead are suddenly going to be getting heavy promotion. Uh, You know, mid-season shows that the networks were probably going to end up burning off are suddenly going to pop up and everyone's going to go, a brand new network sitcom, it's got to be good. And there's going to be a lot of that. And it's also going to get to the point where you know, a few months ago, between Netflix and Hulu and Amazon, there were like five, six new shows coming out every single weekend. And we're going to get to the point where it's going to be one or two and plus a couple of movies that aren't getting theatrical releases. And some yeah. of them might even look good. But, yeah, that is we, – we're getting there. But I don't think we're near – at desperation stage. We're yeah. definitely not at the, oh, there's nothing to watch on TV stage yet. Yeah, no, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you, you, you're you talking about theatrical movies. Uh, the Greyhound, that Tom Hanks movie, is going to be available this weekend. Uh, there's Greyhound. There's Palm Springs, which sold big out of Sundance a few months ago. Uh, and then there's the Charlize Theron uh, movie on Netflix. There, just it was actually a pretty big weekend for yeah. streaming service yeah. theatrical type movies. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. So, huzzah. Uh-huh. All right, Dan, hang on, okay? Sure. All right, Dan Feinberg is with us. He is a TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter. Follow him on Twitter at The Fine Print, F I E N. Lots of TV to talk about, always fun. And uh, if you have a TV uh, question or comment, it's 312 981 7200. 312 981 7200. And that, of course, is the Team Hochberg phone line. Hello, Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN, and we are uh, live in the uh, Skyline studio here until 4 o'clock, 312-981-7200. That's our phone number if you would like to join us. Um, Dan Feinberg uh, joins us twice, uh, every two weeks uh, to to talk TV. He's a TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter, and you can follow him on... Uh, Twitter at the fine print F I E N, and uh, he's here to talk TV. Hello, Dan. 
Hello, Nick. Okay. Um, so you wrote about the Critics Notebook. You wrote about which Emmy contenders will get lost in the quarantine time blur. Tell us a little bit about that piece. It's Your article was basically about my reflection on how long ago last week seems, how long ago a month ago seems, how long ago March seems, and the idea that Emmy voters are about to cast ballots for basically this year's Emmys, which will take place as of now in September as scheduled, and they have to try to remember things that existed back in back in last June, back in last July. And the test case example that I've given to many, many people, uh, many of whom do what I do for a living, is do you realize that there was a season of Orange is the New Black that aired in this Emmy period? And I keep getting these dead-eyed expressions. Uh I mentioned one of our favorite shows, Baskets, yeah. uh, and say, you, you realize that's actually still eligible for Emmys this year? And people go, that was this year? And there are like a dozen shows like that if you go back. And so a lot of what I was talking about is the shows that probably have lingered in the mind. A show like Succession, for example, because it was in the top three of basically every critic's top ten list last year. Yeah. It won a bunch of awards last January, December. It's going to be okay. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. I'm not worried about Watchmen because, you know, it's not good that it's been the show everyone has been talking about for the past two months because of how current events have echoed things in the show, but it has kept people talking about the show and it's kept the show relevant. So those are shows I'm not worried about, but there are really good shows from, <laughs> from June and July and August and September of last year that are going to get lost. And, you know, in some cases it's not a disaster, but if Louie Anderson doesn't get another Emmy nomination, I'm going to be sad. Yeah. If people from the cast of Orange is the New Black get shut out, I'm going to be sad. So that's what the article was about. Yeah, and it, it's it's such a weird time. And I, you know, um, are they going to do? Have they discussed how they're going to hand out the Emmys? They haven't discussed it, and I think probably everyone's holding their breath. Not necessarily that they're going to be able to have a full scale show because clearly they're not. Yeah, but there are so many different ways of how they could do it. It could be. You know, in one version of the world in which things improve dramatically, and that's currently not the version of the world we're in in California, where we keep having a record number of uh, diagnosed COVID-19 cases every day. So that's not good. Uh, maybe there could be a situation where they actually have a live show and they just do it weirdly in social distancing. My guess is it will probably have to be done remote. It'll It'll probably have to be... Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, who will be hosting, he'll probably have to do it from a stage somewhere or his garage, and they'll find a way to get the awards to people, and maybe they'll try to find a way to keep it quiet so that there's still a surprise to it. But, yeah, it's it's going to be a mess, and there are going to be more and more situations like this. And, you know, obviously in the grand scheme of things, not the biggest concern in the world, but in terms of what I do for a living, that's the thing we talk about. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, it's, you know, it's it's affecting uh, it's affecting everything, obviously. So, all right. Well, we'll see what happens. Uh, when do the Emmy nominations get announced? Um, it, it's going to be later than usual because everything in the window got pushed back. Right. 
Um, and so the ballots, I believe they close on Friday. Um, I know that the TCA award nominations are being announced, I believe, sometime this week. Unclear when. And we've always liked to get those nominations out a couple days before the Emmy voting so that they can maybe have some influence or whatever. But, yeah, they'll be in the next couple of weeks, and then everyone will get outraged, and at least that'll give us something new to talk about, which is always important. Right. Okay. Well, we'll look, we'll, we'll look to see what they do. It'll be interesting to see uh, what the Emmys are going to look like this year. And, uh, and you know, obviously it's always it's always a lot of fun to see who the nominated, uh, you know, who, who are, who, what the nominations are. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how this is this whole thing is handled at this uh, strange time in the world. So it is all unprecedented. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay, uh, they rebooted Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix. Um, Unsolved Mysteries, obviously, the classic Robert Stack uh, hosted uh, uh, reenactment true crime franchise that my uh, the, Esmeralda, who used to do traffic here on the show. Uh, is terrified of the is terrified of the music, just the the, the the theme at the beginning totally freaks her out, so she couldn't watch it. That is the only thing that remains in the new Netflix version of Unsolved. Oh, they still have the, They still have the. They still have the old theme, huh? They, they do still have the old theme. Obviously, no more Robert Stack, but people don't remember that there was a full like 170 episodes of Unsolved Mysteries that were hosted by Dennis Farina in various different uh, locations. And nobody ever thinks of the show as having been hosted by Dennis Farina, but he was. And so people say, you can't replace Robert Stack. Well, you can. It might not be as memorable. Yeah. But instead, they have gone hostless for this new incarnation. Oh, okay. On Netflix last week. Um, And they've gone... I want to say reenactment free, but the you know basically if you were to list the three things that are most memorable about the Unsolved Mystery franchise, it would be Robert Stack with the theme song, one or two, whatever your preference is, and then the kind of corny reenactments. Yeah, third. and sometimes they were effectively scary, but I would say more frequently corny. Yeah, uh, these are light on reenactments, and once you take away a host and reenactments. It's just another semi-generic true crime franchise in which nobody's actually doing any new research, nobody's doing any reporting, and yeah, it's it's just not very good. Uh, of the six episodes I saw, the six episodes of the premiere in the first batch, I thought maybe one of them was decent, but none of them are, are scary. I mean, that that's for sure true, and a lot of what people liked about the show was the... I think the supernatural elements that made people go, oh, scary, um, or the true crime, oh, my God, it could happen to you, and it hasn't been solved aspects. It, there's really nothing to any of these. These are all, They all feel like cases that weren't good enough to get their own four-episode Netflix or HBO documentary series, which is pretty much all they are, because you know what's a great Unsolved Mysteries? The Jinx on HBO, uh, Tiger King, which I don't think is great, but it's basically an Unsolved Mysteries episode that goes for seven episodes. These are not very good. I, I was, in fact, pretty hugely disappointed. Wow. By, okay. All right. Now, do they do, they do they do? Yeah. yeah. Do they do one case a show? 
They do one case a show, and they stretch the cases out to sometimes as much as 50 minutes, sometimes a little bit closer to 44 minutes. None of them are really good enough to sustain it. There's one episode that's about a, I would say, pretty clearly solved, just not resolved murder mystery in uh, France. That's actually a really good story, and if you go and you know, basically Google the case, you'll discover exactly how much they left out in this version of the story and, and how bare bones and, again, not very well researched it is. It's just not very good, and it's conspicuously unnecessary. Uh, you know, none of these remakes, obviously, are, are really necessary, but yeah. this one is really unnecessary. Yeah. Now, Tom, have you watched it? I, I did. I watched a couple episodes. Yeah. And... um I mean, I, I I remember watching the uh, some of the episodes when I was really young, you know, of the uh, original run, I guess, or I don't know how many runs would be considered with a little... Didn't Virginia Madsen did, was in it for a little bit? Really? So she co-hosted, she co-hosted. co-hosted for a brief stretch. How could you not know that, Nick? I can't believe I didn't know that. I love Virginia Madsen. <laughs> yeah, I want to say that was like 1999 when she co-hosted. Come for, on! Just for a tiny stretch of time, Virginia Madsen. That's crazy. But, uh, yeah, I thought these were pretty good. I, I wouldn't call myself a true crime head or anything. Um, you know, I don't spend most of my days watching 48 Hours Mystery here. But I, I don't know. I, I thought it was pretty good, pretty well put together. But when Dan mentioned that they really stretch the cases, they do. They yeah. they really do. Some of those episodes could have been about, like, I don't know, half the length, if we're being honest. Uh, they're good stories, but, um, yeah, just a little bit too much stretching. Okay. I'm not even sure some of them are good stories. I, I think that, and, and the ones that are good stories, the lack of, the lack of research just really gets to me. Like, there's one in which basically the whole premise is it was this hate crime involving a, a black young man in, I think, Kansas. And they say it was probably a hate crime. They have no actual evidence to this. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I would guess, in fact, almost certainly it was a hate crime. But if you're going to see something like that, Give me some details. Give me some information. Show that you've done some research, because otherwise you're throwing out some, throwing out some big buzzwords and, and not yeah. doing anything with it, and yeah. that to me feels damaging. So, okay. yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, Dan, hang on. Sure. All right, Dan Feinberg, uh, uh, Netflix reboot of Unsolved Mysteries. Not good. All right, we got more TV to talk about, and if you want to join us, it's 312. 312- Nine eight one seven two hundred three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Hello, Nick DiGilio here on 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio, uh, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago, and we're here until 4 o'clock. Coming up at 2.30, we always play some classic Johnny Carson. You can watch the Johnny Carson show every night on Antenna TV. And uh, we're going to play back a great clip of the great character Floyd R. Turbo. Uh, Yeah. 
And we're going to talk about some scary stuff. We've got some paranormal stuff to talk about and some spooky stuff. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Dan Feinberg is with us right now, TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter. You can follow him on Twitter at The Fine Print, F-I-E-N. And uh, there's a lot of TV to talk about. We always uh, love having Dan on. Hello, Dan. Hello, Nick. All right. We have a uh, caller here. Is Rich. Go ahead, Rich. Hey, Nick. What's up? Uh, go ahead, my man. I got a question for Dan. What does Dan think of the crime watch uh, with Chris Hansen coming back? What was that? One more time, Rich. Crime watch with Chris Hansen is back. He gained some weight, though. (laughs) Huh, I have. This is one I have not watched, so. Oh, really? Let's see if we Do you you think also, too, just another question, do you think the film festivals will be affected by this corona thing? Well, yeah, Rich. (laughs) Absolutely. uh, We had a a meeting today, actually, uh, talking about it, so I had sort of vague insight into what they're thinking. Uh, And different festivals are thinking of different strategies, basically. And again, it's the same as... It's the same as the Emmys. It's the same as everything. <laughs> it's it's how are we going to do this in the best way we can, honoring the experience as best we can while no one wants to be in a crowded room together watching a movie. Because, you know, it's the thing about a film festival is inevitably someone's going to cough in the movie theater. Yeah. And normally <clears throat> that just becomes inconvenient and annoying. And instead, this is going to make people worry that they're going to die. And that's not Good. So, um, you know, for example, Telluride is insisting they're still going to have a festival, but with dramatically reduced um, social distancing, whatevers. Uh, Toronto has not said exactly what they're doing. I think Venice is saying they're going to do a festival, but we'll see. A lot of people are saying they're going to do things because it makes more sense than just canceling five, six months out because you want to show that you're supporting the industry basically. But I, I, I would be amazed if any of these festivals actually happen in person, you know, how can Toronto happen if Canada is not letting foreigners into the country? Right. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be different is the easiest answer. All right, Rich, thanks for the call. Uh, 312-981-7200. Yeah, we, we were just talking to our, 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 our friends, Mike and Mia Kurz here locally, who run uh, the Midway Drive-In. And drive-ins have become uh, you know, a pretty popular thing now because you can safely stay in your car, you can social distance. Um, and uh, so they're having an event this weekend where Bruce Campbell's going to be there live. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah, and so he's coming. He's coming to town. He'll be there live uh, for the weekend on Friday and Saturday night, and um, you know they're going to be packed. It's 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 going to be packed, and so so drive-ins are drive-ins are actually doing pretty well, and they're showing some old classic movies too. So it's a chance for people to see some older films uh, on the big screen. So it's it's kind of fun. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. I hope everyone still behaves with appropriate common sense and caution and all of that, but I'm glad if anyone is trying to find a way to make the best of the situation while remaining cautious. Yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. Hey, let's move on to your review of Outcry. Tell us about that. 
Uh, Outcry is a five-part Showtime documentary series. It's at least partially under the Showtime Spitz documentary series banner, uh, which isn't entirely appropriate, but there you go. It's the story of a Texas high school football player who was accused in 2014, accused and convicted of the sexual molestation of a four-year-old, you know, a horrible, horrible crime. And he insisted at the time that he was innocent. And it's the story of his multi-year quest to either find the truth or to clear his name or both of those things. It's about a system that doesn't work, but it's not exactly the story of a broken system that we see most frequently. This is not a story about a system that's broken and prejudiced against minorities or a system that's prejudiced against the financially disadvantaged because certainly those things are both true and we've seen many documentaries on this subject. In this case, it's just a story of of a botched and ineffective police investigation and how hard it is to undo something like that once the wheels are in motion. And so it it is intended to make you angry, but it's not intended to make you angry in the same way as, I don't know, a a documentary about the Central Park Five, the Exonerated Five. You know, you, you know exactly there where your anger is supposed to be directed. Here it's a more complicated thing, and that makes it a little bit less easy to embrace, to kind of jump on the, I'm going to take a sign and start protesting. There are certainly people in Texas did. Uh, so you just follow the story, and and you sit there being angry about a lot of the process stuff. And that's a lot of why people watch true crime documentaries. And so it fulfills that need effectively, would be what I would say. Mm. And uh, who's behind this one? Um, it's a it's a director who directed a previous Showtime Bigly Sports affiliated documentary. Uh, there's there's no big name producer per se. It's just this is Showtime has been pushing more and more into documentaries in the past couple of years. Uh, they've had a very successful run of music documentaries, and this is not their first true crime thing. They had Murder in the Bayou or Murder on the Bayou. I no longer remember when anything actually aired, but in, in this any cycle, that part I totally know, and that was actually really good, and that was another one of those, this is broken, everything is horrible, uh, here are these unimaginable crimes that maybe aren't being solved, why are they not being solved kind of documentary, and there's there's a very basic satisfaction that we get out of watching these, and I think this is is a solid entry in the genre. You you definitely will watch this and feel infuriated. The question comes down to whether or not that's what you feel like you really crave in this particular moment. But if it is, showtime's have cry. Well, you know, it, it, yeah. Um, <laughs> am I am I am I nuts, or, or does there seem to be a lot more true crime? docs and a lot more true crime stories now i mean they've always been around but they just seem there just seems to be more of them now there's there's an appetite and it you know the the 
the easiest thing to point to is kind of the serial effect, uh, because the serial podcast was obviously one of, I don't want to say necessarily the first, but it was it was a true crime, long-form piece of storytelling that galvanized audiences, uh, that proved things you can do within the podcast format that hadn't really been done in quite the same way at that point, and also galvanize actual people to attempt to make legal and political change. So those are intriguing things. And, you know, you look at, you look at great entries in the genre. And I mentioned earlier, the jinx is, is one of my, my favorites. Uh, so that would be an example of a great entry. Um, and then you look at something like the staircase, which really is one of the very first of the true crime long form stories. And it's available, I think still on Netflix. And it's, it's another just, great piece of documentary storytelling that Netflix revisited too many times and grew less good with each passing new chapter. But yeah, I think, I think it's, it is a, it's a genre that thrives on getting people frustrated and angry. And that is a similar sentiment to the sentiment that a lot of social media thrives on. And that a lot of our lives are built upon these days. So it's, it's all just the, the anger industrial complex, I guess. There's a, you know, I, there, there, there are people who, that I know, I've mentioned who are obsessed with these true crime uh, shows and true crime documentaries. It just seems like there's a, there's a, there's a, 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 a certain person, a, a lot of people who love these things. Oh, and it's and it's there. There are whole networks dedicated to them: investigation, discovery, etc. And we're always told that, uh, for example, the true crime stories skew much more female than people would necessarily think, for whatever reason. So it's an interesting way of attracting different demographics with different kinds of programming. So it's a it's a good way of targeting. Um, I'll be Gone in the Dark, uh, which premiered on HBO two weeks ago, is is a really solid example of this. And it's based on the Michelle McNamara uh, best-selling book about the search for the Golden State Killer. And just when it's done well, it has all of the effectiveness of a good mystery. It has all of the effectiveness of a good horror story, because that is what these are at the root. And, you know, in a perfect world, maybe you get the satisfaction of, of a resolution that's also positive. You know, we got the guy. So that's what everyone watches legal procedurals on TV for and crime procedurals also. So right. it, it combines a lot of elements. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Dan, hang on, okay? Sure. Yep. Dan Feinberg is with us. He is TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter. He joins us every two weeks to talk TV. You can follow him on Twitter at The Fine Print, F I E N. More TV talk coming up. Hey, it's Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN. We are live in the Skyline studio here till 4 o'clock, as we are every weekday morning, 11 p.m. to 4 a.m. Uh, we're going to do a little bit. It came from Amazon, where we're going to talk a little bit about uh, actual items that are available on Amazon and actual real reviews of uh, those items from people who per- purchased them, and some of them are just crazy. we got some paranormal and scary stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about common nightmares and their meanings. 
and um, that bat with the human-sized wingspan is freaking out everybody. We'll uh, talk a little bit about that. 312-981-7200, that's our phone number if you would like to join us. We are talking with Dan Feinberg, and the news is next from the Northwestern uh, Medicine Newsroom. Dan Feinberg, uh, TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, We always have Dan on every couple of weeks to talk TV. So, uh, hello, Dan. Hello, Nick. All right. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about Close Enough. Close Enough. It premieres on Thursday, which I guess is technically today. Today, yes. But here it's still tomorrow. So, you know, it's like a long time away. Right. (laughs) Um, But, yes, it is a new HBO Max animated uh, comedy from uh, J.T. Quintel, who uh, some people, including Tom, uh, know as the creator of Regular Show, which aired on Cartoon Network for 260 episodes or something, which is an awful lot. Wow. were only 11-minute episodes, but still, that's a lot of episodes. Um, and this was originally developed at TBS when TBS was in the process of trying to build out a block of adult animated comedies, and then for a variety of reasons, TBS kind of backed away from adult-oriented animated comedies and also scripted comedy in general. Um, but fortunately, HBO Max stepped up in the same way that they did with Search Party, another show that was developed and aired on TBS. And it is an animated family comedy about, uh, not really a family comedy, it's really for grown-ups, about a family. It's about a 30-something, young 30-something husband and wife raising a five-year-old daughter, uh, they're living in a Los Angeles apartment they can't afford with uh, two of their friends who were formerly married and now are divorced. And uh, hilarious hijinks ensue. Sort of the, the gimmick of the show is that each episode begins with a relatable, grounded situation, and then it becomes increasingly outlandish. So, for example, the parents think they just want one night where they go to a club and they go to a club called Logan's and it turns out the club is inspired by Logan's run in a very disturbing way <laughs> so in each episode in each episode uh, things start off with a normal mundane situation and become increasingly insane there's one episode that has a, a sort of alternate dimension nihilist sitcom wormhole that they go to through to some degree. There are episodes with crazed robots, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and everything is resolved within 11 minutes. Again, there are 11-minute episodes, but they're paired into one 22-minute episode as well. So um, I didn't laugh a lot at it, but I thought it was likable and relatively appealing and sometimes did inspired things as the plot lines got more extreme so yeah it's this this is one of those things where in a world with entirely too much new tv coming out you might go "Eh, this will slip through the cracks but right now i was very happy to watch the episodes i watched and and smiled frequently laughed occasionally okay all right uh and jg quintel is the he's uh the creator of regular show Yes, and he also is the voice of the main male character. Um, and it's one of those shows with um, 
a wide variety of very, very familiar vocal actors because the voiceover acting community is, I don't want to say it's small, but a lot of the same great voices pop up. Uh, one of the main voices is Jason Manzoukas, who is a comic character actor who people know and love from many, many shows, including The Leak and uh, just about everything, actually. Yeah. And he pops up constantly. He, he pops up constantly voicing things in comparable animated shows, and he's very good here. And if you watch long enough, you'll, you'll just start hearing dozens upon, you know, like, oh, it's Chris Parnell's voice. Of course it's Chris Parnell's voice. Uh, yeah. He's always here. I think Jason Sudeikis voices a character in one episode. It's, there's a lot of, of that kind of comedy people. And... Yeah, it's it's not great, but I can see how it could become increasingly confident as it goes along. And so, perfectly pleasant way to okay. spend 22 minutes at a stretch. Okay, so uh, that's close enough. It debuts tonight on HBO Max. So, uh, Tom, you, 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 you're you a fan of a regular show? I am. I am a, a fan of J.G. Quintle and his particular sense of humor his kind of i've uh, never seen regular show Tell, well it's, a, it's it's more of a children's show with kind of an adult sensibility it's about um a raccoon and a uh bluebird or a blue jay oh yeah that yeah. work at a like a community park and uh, i know mark mark hamill has a voice in there uh, a few other interesting voices but it's one of those shows where you might see a kid watching it and listen to some of the jokes and you're like is this appropriate for kids? Yeah. It's kind of that uh, PG-13 sense of humor, and it's just a show about working. And it's it's hilarious. I, I thought it was really good, and I think J.G. Quintel's a really funny guy. Okay. What about you? you are you a fan of, uh, of, of a regular show, Dan? Um, I've, I watched some. It is all available on Hulu right now, if anyone wants to dedicate their weekend to watching 260 episodes of regular show it's it's all available uh so yeah i I watched it some and it's a it's a similar sensibility and uh he also voiced several of the main characters in regular show so the voice is both uh literally and figuratively and narratively comparable between the shows okay all right so if you're a fan of uh a regular show then you'll probably like close enough and again it debuts Debuts tonight on HBO Max. All right. How do you know if you have HBO Max? (laughs) (laughs) This this has been one of the great questions of the past few weeks. Uh, It's not quite on the same level as last week's Do I Have Disney Plus uh, question that everyone was asking because of Hamilton. Right. The answer is you might have access to it, and chances are probably good that you have access to it for free if you are an HBO subscriber through your cable system. I am an HBO um, subscriber probably, through my cable system, yeah. Then, then probably if you go through the website, they will make you jump through a couple hoops, but eventually you will be able to simply watch it. Okay. It's, it's right. got a lot of stuff on it. You know, it, it, you, you mentioned uh, Disney+. Plus. I, everybody on the planet watched Hamilton. As, as far as I can tell. <laughs> it appears to have been a lot of people, and, and, and a lot of people were able to coach various different family members. I, I talked to my parents through how they would want to watch, and they were able to successfully secure themselves a, a Disney Plus login and watch it, and others comparably. So, so yes. Uh, did, did you watch it? I did not. 
I, I mean, why I, not, Nick? I, uh, I've, I've, I've seen it, and I'm not the biggest fan of Hamilton, so I did not watch it. I know I'm in the minority on that. Okay. I, everybody loves it. I know, I, and I've, I've, I've seen the play. I saw it actually with Lin Manuel uh, Miranda uh, years ago, and, and when it first came to Chicago, and um, I was, I was, I thought it was okay. I didn't think it was great. So yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not one of the Hamilton freaks. Like there are, there are tons of them, but I, I don't fall into that category. What did you think? Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. It did, it did what I needed it to do. It, uh, I watched, I managed to hold off and not watch it until Friday evening. You know, half of my Twitter feed was up at midnight Pacific on, on Friday, watching it immediately. Yeah. Uh, I, I held off until Friday evening, but then I settled in and, and I actually shut down my laptop. I, I turned off my phone and I simply enjoyed the musical. I laughed. I cried yeah. the whole nine yards. Totally pleasant. Okay. And I think a lot, I think most people, you know, majority of people uh, uh, agree with that. Tom, did you watch it, Tom? I did watch it. And what did you think? Uh, I was neither over nor underwhelmed. Well, you're not simply, a musical guy. Yeah. Well, especially if there's one thing I truly hate in a musical, it is when there is no regular dialogue. It is just all the songs. Uh, there's no slow. There's no pause. There's no kind of break for them to do um, more traditional stage acting. They just kind of go straight through and it's just song after song after song after song. I understand that it is an artistic choice, but it is the exact same reason that I hate things like Les Miserables. I think it's super annoying, and I uh, it's it doesn't work for me. It just doesn't work for me. It's a it's it's a total prejudice that I hold. Um, and also, I'm going to say it, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda might be, for being being famous for being on stage rapping, he might be one of the worst rappers I've ever heard. Uh, he's he's really not great. Meanwhile, he's surrounded by incredibly talented people, and his writing is fantastic, and his vision is fantastic, and he's he you know he won the MacArthur Genius Grant or something like that, well deserved because I could not think out something like Hamilton, but watching him up there like do the rhymes himself and then just get absolutely blown out of the water by his co-stars. I don't know. Maybe that was by design. Wow. Uh, I think there are probably people who have played the role of Hamilton in uh, other productions that might have done a better job. Oh, okay. Very interesting. You just don't like musicals, man. We've talked about this I, before. I, it's not for me. It's yeah. not my chosen form. I still think that Lin-Manuel's uh, Miranda's greatest performance was as Roy Scheider <laughs> in uh, Fosse <laughs> Verdon. <laughs> Well, he did no rapping at all. He not didn't. Exist. Nope, he didn't. He uh, didn't rap as Roy Scheider? He did not rap as Roy I, Scheider. I, I always thought that Roy Scheider was a bit of a hip-hop fan. He oh, seemed yeah. like that kind of guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dan Feinberg is a TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter. You can follow him on Twitter at the Fine Print F-I-E-N. Dan, hang on, okay? Sure. Okay, Dan Feinberg's going to hang out with us. we got a few more things to talk about TV-related, 312-981-7200. If you would like to jump in here with a TV comment or a question, 312-981-7200. Uh, a little bit later on, we'll do the Carson Comedy Classic, and we're also going to do It Came From Amazon. And it's not about animals. It's about products that are available on Amazon, and we're going to talk about those products and read actual reviews, which are hilarious. So that's coming up here on 720 WGN, and it's all coming up right after the news, which is now.
Hello there. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago, here till 4 a.m. as we are every weekday morning. And then at 4, we head over to Bradley Place, our good friends over at the TV side of WGN, get some news and information from them. And then at 5 o'clock, the one and only Bob Surratt is your morning drive. And we are here, WGN is here 24-7 to keep you company, to keep you informed, keep you entertained, and to get you through it. 312-981-7200 is our phone number. Uh, Dan Feinberg joins us uh, bi-weekly. He is a TV critic from The Hollywood Reporter, and we talk TV. You can follow him at Twitter at uh, the Fine Print F-I-E-N. And he is here. Hello, Dan. Hello, Nick. All right. So tell us about Little Voice. Okay. The first thing I have to emphasize about Little Voice, this is for, this is for time. It's not a solitary musical. So there, there's totally, like, dialogue and everything. Okay. So, so Tom might not hate it. <laughs> this, is what, this is what I'm trying to emphasize. Uh, Little Voice uh, is an Apple TV Plus uh, musical dramedy, I guess. It's a, a half-hour show. So that's a thing to know. Half-hour show, nine episodes, so pretty quick. I believe it is premiering... Uh, Three at first, and then weekly on Apple TV Plus. Now I honestly get confused on how all of these streaming services are doing. Okay, their rollouts. But it does. But it does. It, it does start tomorrow, uh, Friday. It starts Friday. Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, that part I'm sure of. Okay. And it was created by uh, by beloved songstress Chantuse uh, Sarah Bareilles uh, with Jesse Nelson. Uh, they previously worked together on the musical version of Waitress. Which I loved. Uh, which I loved. So, uh, the, the movie or the musical? Or both? both. Both. Yeah, both. I happen to be... Oh, I, I happen to be... Uh, I was relatively obsessed with Felicity when I was... You know, when it first came oh. on. And I watched it... At, oh, I'm, I'm aware, Nick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I, so yeah. Of course, I'm, I, I, was, I, was, I was probably poised to like it immediately just because of who the lead was in the movie. It is a great Terry Russell performance in that movie. Mm-hmm. There is there is no question about that at all, and it, and it was sort of a comeback performance for her. But anyway, so yes, uh, they created the musical, uh, and it is so. Little Voice um, is the story of an aspiring singer songwriter in New York City. Uh, she's played by Brittany O'Grady, who a dozen people would probably remember from the Fox musical drama uh, Stare. Mm. Uh, she was one of the supporting performers in that. Um, and it's just about her struggles to to make it in, in New York. Uh, it is very, very earnest. This is not at all surprising. If, if people know Sarah Bareilles, she is an earnest singer. Uh, she is a sincere singer. She is a sentimental singer. That is what she does. Yep. Uh, Jesse Nelson, who is the showrunner, her future credits include Karina Karina and I Am Sam. She is also someone who enjoys earnestness. So if you are an ironic, skewing person, which I tend to be, um, you, you have to sort of know that going in. But if you are prepared to catch its very earnest, very sentimental, very clear-eyed approach to things it's it's sweet and it's 
simple. There's a love triangle. The love triangle does not work. But these songs, which were written by Sarah Bareilles, sound like Sarah Bareilles songs. And so this is one of those situations in which the person who's an aspiring songwriter, you listen to the new songs that that person is singing, and you go, okay, I can see how that would be a successful song. She sounds like Sarah Bareilles. So I can imagine there'd be an audience. Um, it is mostly a cast of people who audiences will either legally recognize from things or in many cases not recognize at all. But mm. it is one of those shows where the city is, is a character. So it is a very, very good New York set show. And there's appeal to that. Just, you know, don't don't go in expecting much of an edge to it. Don't go in expecting um I don't know, for to be trying to be cool or anything, because that's just not what anyone involved with it is going for. Uh, some people, I'm sure, will even like the love triangle. I thought it was a pretty flimsy love triangle, but the songs are good, the New York is good, and it's, it goes for some emotions that will make people feel things, and some people will be in the mood for that. So just go in knowing what it is, knowing it's earnest, knowing it's sentimental, and uh, and some people will really enjoy what it's doing. I okay. Think. All right. So that's Little Voice on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, before we let you go, you know, I, I wanted to thank you again for making a special uh, visit to us uh, after Carl Reiner passed away. Um, and, uh, you know, you talk, you have the um, newsletter here, uh, and I now see this newsletter, and you, you mentioned this. This has been mentioned uh, at the uh, Hollywood Reporter. It says, we lost an all-timer this week when Carl Reiner passed away at the age of 98. Reiner's career covered so much writing, directing, and acting ground that there's no bad place to start. We just want to make sure people know about this. But a great place would be the Dick Van Dyke Show, which is streaming on Hulu. Is every episode available on Hulu? I believe every episode is available on Hulu, and if it's not, it's enough to keep you busy. So yeah. you know, if you need to stress because a couple episodes are missing, come yeah. on, just watch what they got. Okay. Uh, if you have HBO Max, you can stream All of Me, which is possibly the best of Reiner's collaborations with Steve Martin, and it's such a great movie. Um, and Or you can just settle in on YouTube and go down a rabbit hole of clips from Reiner's variety show Roots and his many, many great team-ups with Mel Brooks. Truly, it doesn't get much better. So people can get their fill of uh, Carl Reiner. It's out there. So I just want to make sure we got that. We got that out there. And 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 many laughs, just many many laughs, and, and definitely, you know, you can be you can be sad about Carl Reiner still, but heaven knows the guy left a, a body of work that that you know you, you can It's tough to talk. Yeah. And so just celebrate the celebrate the laughter. I think probably it's what he would want. Exactly. Okay, Dan, always a pleasure, and we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Talk to you later. Okay, buddy, take care. Dan Feinberg, a TV critic for The Hollywood Reporter, one of our favorite regular guests. You can follow him on Twitter at TheFinePrint, F-I-E-N. We always love talking TV with Dan Feinberg. Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio, here until 4. Tom Hush is my producer. 
And uh, yeah, man, we've got uh, it came from Amazon, which is real items available for purchase on Amazon and real reviews of people who purchase those items. And some of them are hilarious. Uh, and every uh, morning at 2.30, we play back some Carson, uh, classic comedy Carson bits uh, from the Johnny Carson Show, which you can watch every night on Antenna TV. And uh, we play back uh, uh, sketches or interviews or stand-up. Uh, we're going to get a visit from Floyd R. Turbo this morning. Do you like Floyd R. Turbo? I do. I do like Floyd R. Turbo. He's, it's funny. He's, He's an funny. American. <laughs> Floyd R. Turbo. American. American. That's right. Uh, so... We're going to talk about some spooky stuff here. Uh, apparent, apparently, paranormal activity is on the rise during the uh, coronavirus stay-at-home orders. You see, you saw this story, right, Tom? There has been an increase in the number of reports of possible hauntings at homes amid the pandemic lockdown. Believers say they have no way to keep themselves being socially distanced from the spirit world. <laughs> And claim that they have been subjected to an extra dose of paranormal activity during the coronavirus quarantine. Paranormal investigators believe some are likely uh, the real deal, but others have simpler explanations. People are spending more time in their homes and everything from the wood drying out to you're getting popping sounds because we are getting the warmer months of the year, said Jason uh, Hawes, who is the host of Ghost Nation. Is that a TV show? Ghost Nation? I believe so. I've never seen it. Uh, since lockdowns around the U.S. began in March, uh, Haw's website, the Atlantic Paranormal Society, has seen a jump in reports of hauntings. While there may be no specific evidence that ghosts exist, a survey by YouGov says 45% of, uh, of adults in the U.S. say they believe. 45? Man, that's a big, that's a big number. So the question is, do you believe? Are you a believer? Are you part of that 45% of adults? 312-981-7200. Have you ever had an encounter, a paranormal encounter? Ooh. Scary. 312-981-7200. Um... I gotta say, I've I've never uh, had an encounter, but I'm I'm not a non-believer. Like I think something I think something goes on after after we pass. There's a spirit. I believe that. What about you? Hmm, that's a tough one. I'll say this. Uh, so in my house, growing up, uh, two members of my family died in that house, and I'm not gonna say that uh, I saw anything. Mm-hmm. necessarily it wasn't you know clear as day or anything like that but uh you just get a sense of things you know it's the it's that it's the thing in the corner of your eye right that you dare not necessarily look but you know it's there there's something there yeah and um i, I there were there were nights where i would have like these weird sleepless nights and i would have uh aural hallucinations so just not not see anything, but like you just hear things that you kind of know aren't there, and you feel like you're going a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't sleep, and I would just the room would be like hot, and just I don't know, it, it was just really weird. Every once in a while, there'd just be something going on. Okay, and I could never explain it. 
All right, what about you? 312-981-7200. According to this survey, 45% of adults in the U.S. say that they believe. Do you believe? Have you ever had a paranormal encounter? They seem to be the, they're saying that the activity is, is, is on the rise during the stay-at-home orders. 312-981-7200. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. 312-981-7200. If you uh, believe, we want to hear from you. Or if you don't believe, we want to hear from you. If you've had any kind of encounter, 312-981-7200. Another story that has kind of a spooky element to it. A toddler claims spooky lady visits him in bed every night and makes specific requests. What? No matter how old you get, nightmares are never pleasant. But one family can't work out of work out if their toddler's creepy nighttime fears are based on bad dreams or if there's more to them. The young boy claims he's been seeing a strange lady in his room each night, and she makes a rather bizarre request. The child's grandma is so concerned about the tales of the ghostly figure that she's even written into an advice column for some help on what to do next. In a letter to Slate.com's Dear Care and Feeding, titled My Grandson is Visited by a Spooky Lady Every Night, the unnamed woman explained uh, all, and we have to admit the whole thing does sound like something from a scary movie. She wrote, my two-and-a-half-year-old grandson has been having a recurring nightmare for the past week and a half. He wakes up very upset, saying there's a lady in his room. Uh, When asked if she talks to him and why uh, he thinks she is there, he says that uh, she has to get something from his room and she wants to put something on his foot. What? Uh, He's afraid to go to bed. My daughter is in the process of potty training him. And he also has a new sister who's four weeks old. I know that these life changes can cause children to have nightmares, and I understand that imagination is vivid at this age. However, this is just, it seems so specific and kind of creepy. She adds that the family are at a loss over how to handle the situation. The agony aunt reply. The agony aunt? replies stating that a week and a half isn't tremendously a long period of time for a recurring nightmare. So the family should see how it goes for a while and possibly put the brakes on potty training for now. Additionally, the writer suggests trying all the common nightmare remedies, such as sleeping with a nightlight and using uh, a weird lady spray that renders any weird ladies harmless. Uh, if all else fails, they recommend buying a nanny cam so that we can all see the ghost. <laughs> uh, okay, 312-981-7200 is the phone number. If you uh, have ever experienced any paranormal stuff, if you're a believer or you're a non-believer, uh, 312-981-7200. So it's increased during the coronavirus stay-at-home order. Yeah, mm. I want. I'm curious about the Nick. Have you ever slept walked? Have you ever no, no. Mm-mm. I don't. You know, maybe when I was a little kid, I don't. I don't remember. I'd have to ask my folks, but yeah, no. I know you have, right? Yeah, I was an avid sleepwalker. Still am, like Ed Norton on Honeymooners. <laughs> Lulu, <laughs> Lulu. <laughs> no, I still. Uh, I still. I still talk in my sleep. Uh, I, be- I believe I've I believe I I've done that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I sometimes I'll I'll have full conversations in the just this twilight state, 
and uh, my girlfriend will like it takes a while for her to realize that I'm not awake because it'll be normal conversation for a while, for like five minutes. I'll well, just once you say on. like, "Who are you talking to?" Well, here's the thing: I'll be talking to her. Like, really? Yeah. What happens is, I'll look at her, eyes wide open, like like I'm awake. No kidding. Could, yeah, I'll be laying there. She'll be carrying on a conversation with me about something, and I'll be talking to her. And, uh, you know, just carrying on, carrying on. And then all of a sudden I'll say something completely out of uh, off topic, completely out of nowhere. And that's how she knows. Does she that, wake you? Um, she usually just says, okay, I'm going to sleep. And, um, she doesn't tell me about it until the next day. Sometimes I'll wake up in the middle of it. I'll just be like, wait, what are we talking about? What's happening? Yeah. Um, so it'll be something like... Oh yeah, so uh, I'm thinking we're gonna go. This is what we'll cook for dinner tomorrow. I think we'll make this chicken. This you know these sides, blah blah. blah. Yeah, that sounds really good. We haven't had that in a while. Oh, and uh, do you want to run to the store grab grab some drinks or something? Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be good. Uh, and then I'll look at her and say, oh, God, when are they gonna let Shamu out? <laughs> Just something completely out of left field. And she looks at me like I've I've got a like a brain damage. Yeah. Have you had that? That's- have you done that ever since you were a kid? The sleep talking, no. The sleep talking only manifested when I was maybe, mm, I don't know, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. But I used to, I would, I walked straight, I sleptwalked right out my front door once. Oh, that's uh, when scary. When I was eight, I just opened, opened the front door, walked into the, into the cul-de-sac. That's scary. My mom flipped out. Oh, well, yeah. Because all of a sudden she heard the door slam. She said, what happened? And realized that I had walked out in my pajamas, straight up into the. Uh, Is this running your family? Um, I think I think my dad would sometimes sleep talk, um, but I was the only one that ever slept walked. Um, my younger brother had night terrors. Oh man! Which you know, y'all know how bad that gets. Yeah. Yeah. That can Lots get really, really bad, especially for kids. Oh yeah, because it's just they yeah. have no idea, just uncontrollable. All right. Well, uh, uh, the question is, uh, are you a paranormal believer or not? Have you ever had any kind of uh, encounter? Our phone lines are open, so call us right now, 312-981-7200, 312-981-7200. And we're also going to talk about uh, real common nightmares and what they actually mean. So uh, 312-981-7200 is the phone number, and uh, we want to hear from you. Hello, Nick DeGilio here, 720 WGN. We're live in the Skyline studio here until 4, as uh, we are every uh, weekday morning. Uh, We're going to talk some uh, weird animals that actually exist, but don't seem to, you know, be existable, if that's a word. Uh, And then that bat with the human wingspan, the human-sized wingspan is freaking everybody out. We'll talk a little bit about that. Right now, we're we're talking about paranormal... uh, Reports are, have been on the rise since the uh, pandemic uh, stay-at-home orders, and uh, we're asking if you uh, are a believer or not, and if you've ever had sort of a paranormal thing happen to you, and also uh, weird uh, nightmares 
that uh, we're going to tell you what they actually mean. They've been analyzed. Um, and uh, Tom, do you do you uh, walk in your sleep now still? I think <laughs> the last time I slept walked, this was a real doozy. Uh, this was probably three years ago. Okay. Uh, when I when I was first getting when I was getting into my new place condo, uh, there was a week between when I had to move out of my apartment and then actually move into my to the condo, and so I was staying with my my cousin who lived out on the northwest side. Um, she had gone on a trip. Her and her uh, now husband had gone on a trip to the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. and so we were just staying in the house ourselves, looking after their dog. And one night, you know, I'm I'm going down to sleep. And I, I was, I thought I had fallen asleep. My girlfriend was in the bathroom, brushing her teeth, everything like that. Yeah. She comes back and, uh, she lays down and looks at me and there I am eyes wide open. And she's like, uh, what's up? And I said, well, I guess this is how you die. What? Full on straight to her face. I said, well, this, I guess this is how you die. She's like, what? It's like, yep. It was either this or getting acid poured on your face. Now, if you can imagine being in her position there, yeah. I am laying there wide awake to, as far as she can tell. I'm wide awake. And she's like, Tom, do you hear what you're saying to me? I said, yes, Lauren. I know what I'm saying. And she says, I think you're asleep. And I jolt up and I said, stop patronizing me. And I started stomping around. I'm stomping around and going around the house for like 15 minutes, 15 minutes stomping around. She's like, this man is possessed. This man is possessed by the devil. He's something is wrong with him. And she tries to get my attention. She's like, Tom, I think you're, I think you're asleep. I think you're sleepwalking. You just told me you're going to throw ass in my face. And the last thing I said was no, Lauren, it's the plot of the mummy returns. And then plop myself down and was out like a light. I have no idea what's going on in my head. No idea. That's insane. I know, but that was three years ago. That was the worst one I ever had. That's insane. All right. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, weird things, paranormal things, and, uh, and nightmares and what they actually mean, and I'll tell you some of them. Uh, here's Amanda on WGN. Hi, Amanda. Hey. Um, I have the creeps thinking about this, but from as long as I can remember, I'm 47 now. So until I was about 10, maybe 12, I'd say four out of five nights, I would have a dream, but I was in the womb. And my mom figured it out by me when I started verbalizing. Yeah. Um, And she didn't call a psychiatrist because back then, but she called the pediatrician. And he said he met one other kid that had that kind of dream. But I'm just so curious how many people... It, it was like I was in the womb. I, I, you know, like now that I can see a womb, like at twelve, I'm like, that's what it was. And my mom knew, but I didn't know what a womb was. You know, I don't know. I, I and it, it was like a nightmare, but it wasn't so bad that I couldn't go to sleep. Yeah. But the noise of an ultrasound, it, I even had that. It was really trippy. How long did you, then, how long did this last? From as long as I could remember until about twelve. Wow. Until I saw what it was. Until I realized what a womb was. You know, like twelve. About. Okay. 
I'm like, that's what it is. You know, like I could articulate, like I could figure it out. And then also I babysat, like was a nanny for a, kids of four, every single boy. They both had two girls and two boys about the same age. The boys always slept, walked, or had nightmares and would wake up. Nothing with the girls. And this, I watched them until they could watch themselves. And I'm just interested if you've had many female callers. Because it was real clear that the sleepwalking both families, separate families, Two of the boys, and then the other two would have nightmares. Wow, I don't like, know if that's—I don't know if that's a pattern, Amanda. But no, I'm just saying. Like, I wonder if there, uh, sleepwalking is more common in guys. I guess I could look it up, but yeah, all I don't. Right. But the womb dream was really weird. Yeah, it sounds. like I don't it. know. It was sounds really like clear, it. and it, now I'm scared. I'm going to have one tonight, but whatever. <laughs> All right. Thanks All right. for taking my call. All you right. guys rock. Take care. All right. Bye. Hmm. I don't know more, if more popular sleepwalking in... is more common in males or females. Is there anything that we can look up on the web? Yeah, I'm actually looking. Um, I'm looking here uh, under sleep education. I'm going to do a little bit of extra research, right. but um, rarely sleepwalking may begin at any time in adult life. It can occur at any time. Um, the rate of it in children is as high as 17%. Mm-hmm. And it usually peaks by the time they are about 8 to 12 years old. Uh, most children with it also had confusional arousals at a younger age. So there might be a, a tie there. But up to 4% of adults sleepwalk. And in adults, men are more likely to display aggressive behavior when they sleepwalk. So I don't know if they're more likely to sleepwalk, but... They're certainly more likely to be potentially dangerous because that's always the thing they tell you is, you know, don't wake a sleepwalker because they'll just. Yeah, that's what they say. uh, You're not supposed to wake them. So, yeah. All right. Here's uh, Eric on WGN. Go ahead, Eric. Hello, Nick. How are you? All right. What's up? Good. When you were talking about sleepwalking, um, I was, um, mom used to always find me with the pillows and the covers in the kitchen, but. When a a family member passes away, they come and tell me goodbye before they pass. Mm. I can't explain it. I don't know how to how to explain it, but it's like I know ahead of time before a family member passes away, before you as a family member know that that one is gone. Well, do you contact these people? No, like. They, I don't know what happens. It's like I get this sign that this person, they come and you hear them talk to me. It's like, I'm getting ready to leave now. But you continue to be good and do what you've been doing, you know. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And then, like, like when you talk about the sleepwalking, like I said, Mom used to always find my pillows and blankets and sheets all all in the kitchen. That's how she knew because I, you know, when I was little. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right, Eric. Thanks for the call. All right. Take care. Yeah, I'm never. Uh, I don't remember. You know, I have to ask my. I have to ask my folks if I did ever have a sleepwalking period when I was a little kid. I don't think I did. Um, yeah. I, I. You know. I've always had uh, trouble sleeping, just in general. 
I have very erratic sleeping patterns. You know, working these hours doesn't help, but I've always had it even before, you know, working overnights at Jewel for years, you know, working overnights on the weekends here, and now working, you know, overnights here every every night. Um, but, you know, I've, I've always had problems sleeping ever since I could remember. Um, I've said this before, you know, um, I very rarely sleep more than like three hours at a time. Like I'll wake up after three hours and I'm up for 45 minutes and then go back to sleep again, maybe for a couple more hours. I don't get more than five hours of sleep at a click. And it takes me at least 90 minutes to fall asleep when I go to bed. So that's always, I've always, I've always had the, those are the only sleep issues I've ever had. I mean, we've all had, you know, recurring dreams. We've all had nightmares and things like that. And I do have some, uh, common nightmares and what they actually mean um if you want to uh if you want to jump into this 312-981-7200 but yeah as far back as i can now i'm curious i want to ask my folks the next time i see them i'll see them this morning if i've ever if i ever had a period of sleepwalking because i guess you know as the stats just say they sometimes you grow out of it and you're done by 12 right around 12 so i can't remember that far back you know, whether I had a, a sleepwalking incident of any kind. I don't know. My mom would remember. My dad would probably be like, I don't know. I don't know if you ever if you ever sleptwalked. He was too busy wheeling and dealing. Well, he was he's a really good sleeper. Oh, dad. yeah. My dad can fall asleep at the drop of a hat. My mom, not so much. My mom and I both have issues mm-hmm. with sleeping. Sometimes my mom can't sleep. she just get out of bed and go into the living room. Sit in her chair. She's got a special chair. Well, yeah, you gotta have your in chair. the living room and um, put her feet up and um, read or maybe watch a little TV to see if she can fall asleep. And usually the cat comes with her. Now they've only got one cat because mm-hmm. they had to put uh, on the other one down. But um, so you know the cat joins her and that relaxes her. You mm-hmm. know, um, but uh, yeah, I, you know my dad and he could, he could fall asleep anywhere. And you know you could you you could be blowing off M80s in the bedroom, and he'd be asleep. <laughs> he'd still be asleep. You know, I did not inherit that from my father. No, you had the restlessness. I got the I got the I got the sleeping stuff from my mom on my mom's side of the family. I think they they had issues with sleeping. You know, like a lot of people on my mom's side of the family, I think had some sleep issues. Nothing like. You know, like sleepwalking or anything like that. Nothing like dangerous. Just issues trying and staying asleep. It's really frustrating too, especially if you need. You know, I mean, especially if you there's a specific time that you have to get up, and you can't get to sleep. It's very frustrating. So, all right, uh, let's take a quick break here, and we'll come back. I've, I I also have the um, some common nightmares and what they actually mean. And uh, if you could, uh, if you guys have any sleep stories, sleep issues, uh, you got any paranormal stories that you want to share with us? It's nighttime stuff, man. Let's talk about creepy, sleepy stuff. You know, 312-981-7200. It's Nick DeGilio and 720 WGN. Phone lines are open.
Hello. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio. Coming up at 2.30, we always play some classic bits from the Johnny Carson Show. You can watch the Johnny Carson Show every night on Antenna TV. Tonight, we're going to get a visit from uh, the one and only Floyd R. Turbo, American. Uh, we're also going to talk about, uh, do a little bit of, uh, it came from Amazon. And these are real Amazon um Items available for purchase on Amazon and real reviews from the people who purchased them. And some of these are hilarious. Um, and the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. We're talking about sleeping, sleeping issues, sleepwalking, nightmares, paranormal stuff. And um, I've got some uh, common nightmares here and what they actually mean. So we can uh, get that wrapped around your head, too, if you have a common, uh, if you have a common nightmare. Uh, here is, uh, Karen, Karen on WGN. Hi, Karen. Hi, Nick. Hi. So, I was, uh, fascinated when you started talking about sleep talking and sleepwalking. Yeah. Because, um, my younger sister and my son did the sleepwalking when they were young, and we all sleep talk. Did you wake each other up? Not now, because we don't live in the same place. No, I mean, anymore. I said, did you wake each other up? Oh, yeah, my sister and I, yeah. And my sister, she would, like, get up, and she'd be doing, like, something with her hands, and I'd say, what are you doing? And she'd be like, oh, I'm just packing a few things. And I'd say, why? Oh, because I have to leave. It's so, so, it's so like, weird. She's only, like, four or five. It's so weird. And she would... She would actually walk down the stairs from the bedroom, go in the kitchen, and pour herself a glass of milk. We'd follow her down. We'd turn her around and walk her back up to the bedroom. She was sound asleep. That's so strange. I mean, I find this so uh, fascinating. I mean, you know, and also you got to keep an eye on that because that could be dangerous. You know, Tom walked out of the front of his house. He's eight years old. Oh, yeah. Walked out of his house. Oh, yeah, my son would wake up, you know, when he was like six or seven, and he'd wake up in a different room, and he'd be like, Mom, how did I get here? Did you put me here? No. Yeah. I don't know how you got there. That's so, it's but, so, man, it's just so crazy. Yeah, we've never left the um, house. Now, I sleep talk, and so does my son and my sister. And my son figured out the best time to ask me stuff was when I was asleep. <laughs> so he'd come into the bedroom, and he'd ask me things, and I'd reply. And the next day, I would be like, William, why are you doing this? Mom, you said I could. Uh, <laughs> I'm I like, see. when did you ask me that? When, oh, I was, when you were night? asleep, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Okay. So he would... Yeah, we'd have full conversations, and I wouldn't have a clue as to what I was saying. Wow. Okay. Wow, that's that's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, Karen. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Okay, Love your show. Thank you. Um. Wow. Having full. Co- I like the fact that her son was like taking advantage of that, like asking her questions while she's asleep, <laughs> and having her give the okay for something that he was going to do. Hey, Ma. Last night you said it was okay. Kid, I was asleep. <laughs> uh, this is just so, some of the stuff is just so strange, but very fascinating, I got to say. Um, here's Terry on WGN. Hi, Terry. Hey, Nick. How are you? All right. What's up? 
Hey, I don't have anything quite as quirky as the last caller, but I was it, it kind of struck a chord when you were talking about the difference in, in, in the sleep habits of, of your mother and your father, because it, it is basically a mirror image of what, what my experience was with, with my with my mother and my father. My, my father could fall asleep in the middle of a sentence. My yeah. mother, on the other hand, yeah. is kind of how I got my you know, overnight WGN, um, you know, um, inclination because she used to listen to, I think it was Bill Rosenberg, if I'm not mistaken, but she would be up all night sometimes listening to WGN and, uh, and she'd ask, ask me the next day, I didn't sleep all night, I was listening to the radio, I was like, what is wrong with you? And, and now here I am, you know, about her age at the time, um, you know, kind of doing the same thing, but, you know, kind of a weird, kind of funny story, my my grandfather passed away in 1966. It was the day I made my first communion, mm-hmm. and it was my father's father. And the VA hospital called and told us, informed us, that he had passed away. My mother took the call. She put my father on the phone. It was about 1 a.m. He, 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 he spoke for about 10 or 15 seconds. He gave the phone back to her. He went back to sleep for the rest of the night, never woke up again until 7 a.m. or so, and she spent the rest of the night smoking cigarettes, walking around the, the living room, pacing back and forth, and never went to sleep. So I was, I, I was, I was just kind of struck by, is it a yeah. male-female thing, or yeah, is it just yeah, a personality yeah. thing? But he, it was his father that passed away, and he slept like a baby, and here she was. It wasn't her father, and she couldn't go to sleep. That's interesting. Life. That's really interesting. Yeah, funny. That is interesting. Okay. Yep. All right, Terry, thank anyway. you so much for the call. Hey. Thanks, Nick. Okay, Take buddy. Care. Take care. That's really interesting. Wow. Um, here's Mike on WGN. Hey, Mike. How you doing, Nick? All right. I uh, had, had an interesting experience at Gettysburg in the summer of 2015. Oh, Gettysburg Gettysburg is haunted. Oh, I was there. I was on the battlefield. Are you familiar with the battle? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I was, I was standing in the angle where pickets, where the Confederates crossed the wall yeah. and pickets charged. Yeah, yeah. Leading the Confederates was a general named Louis Armistead who put his hat on the, on the top of his sword so his men could see him and follow him over the wall. Maybe 50 feet over the wall, he got shot and went down. I, have, I had a brand-new Canon camera. I took a series of shots, maybe six in a row, just shutter, 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 of this marker where he had fallen at, Three shots in, there's like this white puff of smoke on in, in the picture. And this was just a beautiful summer day, no wind. You know, you think yeah. it might be a seed, but it's like it's like a golf course. Yeah, yeah. There's no seeds there, but there's three shots, and then there's this one, like a puff of smoke over top of the marker, and then there's nothing after that. Oh, wow. And, and, and at Gettysburg, behind the, the battlefield, the biggest thing is ghost tours. Yeah, absolutely. Huge there. Yeah. So I went to a... A person, I said, what is this? And he goes, but to be honest, he goes, I think that's a residual gunshot you, 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 caught, a, you caught a picture of. Wow. Wow. A puff of smoke. He, goes, he goes, that's what it would, a puff of smoke would look like coming from a mus- musket rifle. Oh, my God. That's pretty cool. That's but pretty, that's pretty creepy. Is, I was in my hotel, like, editing photos, like, at 1 o'clock in the morning. Cause, and I'm like, holy, in every, in every building in Gettysburg is haunted. And oh, like, yeah. Go, I go like this. What was that? <laughs> you know, just totally freaked the heck out of yeah, me. Yeah, I bet, man. Yeah. No, I bet. I, you know, there have been a ton of stories about how haunted Gettysburg is. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's just it's legendary as one of the oh, most yeah. one of the most haunted places in the world. 
and um, oh, yeah. and you can know you can understand why. So oh, exactly, yeah, but Mike. The, that's a, the, Mike. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing. You still have the picture? Oh yeah, I yeah. got it. It's, it's on my phone. It's on, you got it on your phone says, too. Wow. Let me show you something. Yeah. When I tell the story, you know, so. you should email it to me. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, um, please do. I, w- I would love to see the picture. Just email it to us. You know. Okay. Uh, what What's your email address? It's Nick DeGilio at wgnradio.com. Okay, I'll do this at some point tonight. Okay, thanks, buddy. No, no problem. Okay. Bye. Creepy. Yeah, Gettysburg, man. I've never been there, but the stories that come out. Of- By the way, can we get a sleep expert on? At some point, just to talk about some of these things that people experience, because I'm yeah. fascinated by by this, really, and I want to learn from an expert. Well, there's there's a fantastic some fantastic sleep experts over at Northwestern. Let's um, let's do it. We'll let's do let's get let's get a sleep get, yeah. expert on because you know I mean this is the this is the time to talk about it too. You know I I have a lot in common with a lot of the listeners who who are calling and who are listening. You know, there's a lot of people who can't fall asleep and listen to late night radio, and that's what I did. You know, listening to Eddie Schwartz. In the middle of the night, all the time, Stephen Johnny, you know, going back, Clark Weber. I used to listen, he was on late. I was I used to listen to Clark Weber. Um, yeah, Dave Baum. I was a, I was a real sucker for overnight television. Yeah, I. You know what? I for some reason I love this medium, and I'm so sure honored to be a part of it. But mm. it's weird because. <laughs> Like ten year old kids don't listen to talk radio really. <laughs> I did. Well yeah, and you I mean you had you had the best. Yeah. I and, mean and I think I mean, think about it, when you were really like a kid, there wasn't overnight television. It didn't the you just No, it off. would go off. You yeah, it turned you, off. You, yeah, you had the national anthem and then boom. I used to watch I would watch Space Ghost Coast to Coast religiously. Oh, I love that show. That show was that was what I would watch cuz it'd be on at like 2 o'clock in the morning. I can't if I couldn't sleep if I had a nightmare, I'd watch repurposed well, Space Ghost cartoons. That'll help you. <laughs> that'll entertain you. That'll take your mind off of it. You know, it's really funny is that if there's a young pe- young people listening right now, you just said that the the TV would go off the air. Uh they I I I've told this story before. I went back to my old high school to host, uh, to, to help out a teacher, and she showed a couple of movies, and the first one she showed was Poltergeist. And the kids were, I don't know, 14, 15 years old, these kids, and at the beginning of Poltergeist, you see the national anthem on the TV, and the TV goes black to fuzz. And we had to explain to the kids in the, in the, in the, in the, in the classroom that at one point, TV stopped broadcasting. And they were like, "What? Yeah, like, get, the, get, get the snow." You they had the, no yeah. memory of that. What's they can't believe it? What do you mean? What do you mean? TV went off the air. How else are we going to learn about the you know cool things that we can buy? When are we going to watch Impractical Jokers? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, they. I, I'm I'm serious. These kids, we had to actually stop the movie at the beginning, and then go. Oh, we we need to explain something to you, and then explain that you know the broadcast television would go off the air. You know, either one o'clock in the morning or something. And they were like, they were just completely confounded by that. They were like, what? <laughs> okay, so I have uh, uh, common nightmares and what they actually mean. If you have a sleep issue, you want to talk about it or some ghost stuff or uh, dream stuff, 312-981-7200. Uh, it's the number, and we'll talk more after the news, which is happening now.
<laughs> Nick DeGilio, that's me. We're live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. Hey, at 2.30, we always play back some great, classic Johnny Carson. You can watch the Johnny Carson show every night on Antenna TV. It's so good. One of my favorite characters, Floyd R. Turbo, American. We'll get an editorial reply from Floyd. We're also going to have a little round of it came from Amazon. Uh, And it's uh, Amazon products that are very real, that are on sale on Amazon that you can buy. And then real reviews of those. Uh, we're going to talk about that crazy bat, and then some of the lo- and some of the real animals that seem like make believe. Some very weird animals out there. Most of them in Australia, right? <laughs> yes, they seem to be native to uh, <laughs> that region of the world. Yeah. Hey, but right now we're talking about uh, sleep issues. Uh, you know, sort of like sleep walking, sleep talking. Weird sleep issues, and also, like, uh, we can get into some paranormal stuff, too. And I've got some uh, common nightmares, and I can tell you what they actually mean. 312-981-7200. Let's go to Rob on WGN. Hi, Rob. Hey, how you doing, Nick? All right. What's up? Yeah, here's, a, here's a pretty good one for you. Back in the day, uh, I used to be over-the-road driver, truck driver. Oh. And uh, when I'd come home, be out 10, 14 days, and then come home sleep in the bed we had a sleigh bed my ex-wife and i one of those big wooden ones yeah yeah and yeah well apparently one night unbeknownst to me uh i got up out of a out of a dead sleep jumped up on my knees towards the back part of the bed grabbed onto the headboard the baseboard yeah and started screaming out i can't see i have no lights and she said i started grabbing for stuff hitting my hand off the back of the headboard Wow. And she, she was a little thing. <laughs> she was about five foot five. Said she jumped up, she rubbed my back, said everything's going to be okay. Kind of tackled me, semi-tackled me. She said I laid down, fell back asleep without a sound. I could not remember this story for nothing the next day. Wow. I don't have a memory of it. I don't. It was, you know, just getting overtired, I guess. Yeah, uh, no, sure. For, if, for you're out on, if you're out on the road for two weeks, man, that's going to take a toll, you know? Yeah. It, and I'll tell you something, Rob, yeah, was just, it? The, what you were saying was yeah. that because you were you did I mean was was it probably if you don't you don't remember but maybe you were you thought you were in the cab and you couldn't you had no lights in your truck something was going bad definitely something was going bad and yeah. I was having a nightmare over it wow which you know things like that do happen in fog and snow out whiteouts and sure. things like that you can't sure. see past your hood but yeah. but to have a dream you, you talked about night walking or sleepwalking mine was sleep kneeling yeah. <laughs> at the back yeah. of my bed wow that's, I, I, that's... Was a, I was a 240 pound guy so she, she put a tackle on me she put a tackle on you all right okay it, yeah Rob that's a, that's a really interesting story thanks for sharing it buddy all right Nick have a good day you, you too Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Here is uh, Robert on WGN. Hi, Robert. Uh, morning, Nick. Uh, you, I've already told you my house that I grew up in was haunted. Well, not haunted. We had ghosts. But uh, uh, if you have someone on who can tell us about dreams, I would love to know because ever since I was, was a kid, I've been able to fly in my dreams, go to different places literally in the world, and when I wake up in the morning, be able to describe them to a T. Mm-hmm. I told this to a friend of mine. One of my roommates was Samuel Babatunde. He was from Nigeria. And one morning I woke up and I told him exactly, I go, is, was, is this the village that you lived in? And he goes, how the, 
how the hell did you know that? Yeah. And I said, I go, because I saw it last night in my dream. And, and again, I, I have a friend of mine who lives in Australia, and I called him up, and I said, did your dad get a 68 Camaro? And I said, parked in the garage sideways. He goes, how do you know that? I go, well, I saw it last night in my dream. So, and I still fly, and I'm like your dad. When I'm in one of these dreams, a bomb could go off, and I don't wake up. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but it's weird. I'd love to know how and why I can go different places, you know, and be able to describe stuff to a T. Well, that's really fascinating. And I've never been there before. That's really fascinating. That's very strange, too. So we'll have to, maybe we can... Well, it's kind of like sleepwalking. I mean, you know, Tom, I mean... Can you imagine Tom's girlfriend? I would have gotten a bat. You know, <laughs> that's just, you know. Wow. I probably yeah. deserved it. All right, Robert, well, thanks. I'm just saying, it's, it's just, so there's weird things that go on in our subconscious that yeah. we, I don't think we we know, and hopefully we can find out one day. So it, yeah. it'd be a good topic for you, Nick. All have right. a great night, though. All Thanks. right, Robert. Great Take care, buddy. That's interesting. To describe a place mm. that he's never been to, but he saw it in a dream. Hmm. A little psychic thing going on there. I, I don't think that's just dream related. I yeah, think you might. I think there's more going on there. That guy might have ESPN. Oh come on, man! <laughs> I have ESPN. I pay for it monthly. Yeah. How else do you see the sport? That's one way to see a place you've never been. Yeah. Now, well, it, what are they showing on ESPN now? God, by the way, probably like I don't know, chicken fighting. It could be anything. I know they were doing marble racing or something like that for a while. To fill the airtime? Yeah. Yeah. Well, sports are coming back. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know. I'd love to see a title fight between Scott Van Pelt and Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what I want to see on, a, on ESPN. Or like a mascot fight. Oh, please. Oh. we. Well, I mean, we've got the in at the, uh, the yeah. Mascot Hall of Fame. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, mascot, they don't fight, really. No, but there, there's, a, there's a, by the way, no, there's a, yeah, unless they're gritty, that's it. But there's a, you know, there's a, a um, mascot Olympics. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where they, they have to ride tricycles and do all kinds of other, <laughs> all kinds of other yeah, stuff. Fe- feats of strength. That kind of, yeah, no, seriously, you know, there's, I think it's the, it's, it's, it's called the, the mascot Olympics. But yeah, no, there's a, it, it's, it's every year. And they do. They have to do different uh, challenges. In in costume, obviously. I know you love mascots. I love them. But uh, how do you feel about Olympics mascots? Because I think they tend to be the worst. They're the weirdest. They are the weirdest. I mean, of all of all the mascots, those are the strangest. I, I can't remember what Olympics it was, but it was it was the, it was probably the worst mascot I've ever seen. And it, I can't remember what, was, uh, what year Olympics it was, mm-hmm. but it was just, uh, they, yeah, their mascots that they choose for every Olympics are just usually very weird or just dumb. I do remember my, the ones that I actually liked were Sydney 2000. I don't Cause remember. Because that's, that's the first one I remember. Um, the you know that's the first one I was old enough to understand like what the Olympics were in 2000. Mm-hmm. It was Australia, and it was a kookaburra. A platypus and an echidna. Oh right, yeah. And I was like, these are at least somewhat normal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we got a break. Um, we're talking about uh, sleeping issues and uh, nightmares and dreams and all kinds of stuff, and uh, you know, paranormal things as well. 
White Snake. <laughs> One of these days it will actually be White Snake. You, I'm just I'll sneak it up on you. Sneak up on yeah. old David uh, Clover. That was his name, right? Um, Coverfield. Coverfield. Yeah. Coverdale. Coverdale. <laughs> We're getting mixed up with the movie. I don't know what's what anymore. Coverdale. David Coverdale. He was in Deep Purple too. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but that was Starship. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Nick DeGilio here. Coming up, uh, our Carson Classic Comedy. In just a few minutes at 2.30, we'll hear from uh, from uh, the one and only Fred uh, Floyd R. Turbo. So that's coming up. Right now we're talking about uh, sleeping, issues with sleeping, dreams, paranormal stuff uh, and I've got some common nightmares and what they actually mean we'll get to that too but we would love to hear from you you can call us at 312-981-7200 312-981-7200 that's the Team Hochberg phone line alright see here is uh, Jimmy on WGN go ahead Jimmy hey hey uh, thank you for taking my call um, yeah I wanted to talk about my sleep I used to have uh, where uh, this is when I was like 14 I'm 34 now uh, I would like have a recurring dream where I would wake up in my dream and then wake up in my dream again and then just it would, it would be a recurring thing and it would it would just make my heart or whatever mm. so you would wake up in the dream but you wouldn't wake up in real life. You were just you continue to wake up inside the dream. Yeah, and that was and a recurring in my bedroom. Okay. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, I, I like your space ghost comment also. Um, well, right. space ghost man rules. Space ghost rules, man. Yes, it does. All yeah. right, Jimmy. Thanks, buddy. I remember them of the giants. You know them of the giants. Land of the giant. Of course, I do. Yeah. They might be giants. Uh, they might be giants. That's a band, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. All right. Thanks, Jimmy. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. Here's Doc on WGNA. Doc. Hey, Nick. Uh, man, I have a seance story for you. My aunt and uncle made a pact that uh, whichever one died first, the other one would try and contact them in the afterlife. Oh. And sure enough, my my uncle died first, and. My aunt acquired a medium, and the medium is talking, and all of a sudden their voice lowered, and it started coming out as my uncle, and you'd swear he was in the room. It sounded that much like him. And his wife says, honey, is that you? And he goes, yes, it's me. She goes, well, tell me what it's like where you're at. What's a typical day? And he said, well, he says, I, I usually sleep in late. I have sex, and then I, I have a have lunch whenever I want, then I have sex, and I have a nap in the afternoon, and I usually eat dinner early and have sex and go to bed. She said, really, is that what it's like in heaven? He goes, heaven? Shoot, no, I'm a jackrabbit in South Dakota. <laughs> oh, man. 
There's your reincarnation humor for the day, sir. Thank you, Doc. Can (laughs) always always rely on Doc for something like that. (laughs) I I I gotta say, uh, seance. I'm not. I'm not a really superstitious person. I would never, never participate in a seance. Yeah, I don't think I would, especially after seeing Hereditary. Exactly. I would never. And the changeling. Yeah. I just that just seems it just gets a little too real. You know, even yeah. to just court that sort of thing. That, that 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 seance scene in Hereditary is terrifying. Well, that whole movie is terrifying. But that scene is just like, what is going on? Well, because it, it starts out with the moving of the glass, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, geez. And she starts drawing. Yeah. And just, oh, God. Yeah, and, that's, and, the, and the seance scene in The Changeling is fantastic. And up until Her- Hereditary, it was the greatest seance scene of all yeah. time. But yeah, no, I've never participated in uh, in a séance. Um, did uh, participate once with a Ouija board. How'd that go? Weird. <laughs> what did spell out? Uh, I don't even remember. Uh, eat Arby's. I just remember <laughs> the thing moving. You know, having hand having the hands on it and the thing just moving. Yeah, and I remember kind of being freaked out by it. Um. I've, I've always wanted. We had to been see- drinking though, so that. Oh, well- <laughs> <laughs> Should we buy it's a, more beer? It's not yet. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, there was this movie called Witchboard. Witchboard. Yeah, it's from the eighties. It's actually it's not a bad movie. It's a it's a little low budget movie that came out, played like the drive-ins and stuff, and then went away and came out on VHS. Witchboard. God, there's three of them. Yeah, no, they because the first one was so low budgeted, they ended up making a ton of money. And I want to say the first one was like an 87 or something like that. 86. 86. 86, right around there. Well, there's a, there's a guy, in, in, there's a character in it, and they, 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 they bring out the Ouija board, and he goes, you know, technically. And I remember, I just never forgot this. It's pronounced Ouija. <laughs> Ouija. No, this is a guy. This is one of yeah. the characters in the movie. It's pronounced Ouija. <laughs> That's the one thing that I definitely remember because Scott Oaken and I saw that movie together, my friend Scott. Yeah. And that's the line that we just kept saying. Ouija. Actually, it's pronounced Ouija. Directed by Kevin Tenney? Yeah. He directed Night of the Demons, if I'm not mistaken. Mm hmm. Uh, he directed some, he, he directed some he did, nice, nice, low budget, nice, nice, low budget genre stuff. Yeah. Well, he did which which board, which trap, uh, which board two, the devil's doorway. Wow. Uh, and which board three, the possession. Wow. All right, there you go. There's your Hulu for the night. <laughs> Get the witch board trilogy going. Yeah, I've been told by my girlfriend. No, we. She's like, you will never bring a Ouija board into this house, not even as a joke. Yeah. She's she can't even watch The Exorcist. Yeah, she she, leave, she grew up very Catholic. Yeah, well, jeez, I mean, well, I mean, The Exorcist is a Catholic's worst nightmare. And there's also a Ouija board in it. Yeah, Captain Howdy, right? Isn't yeah, the, Captain Howdy. Captain Howdy. Ooh. Yeah, I. You know, people freaked out when that movie came out. Like seriously. It was it was chaos when The Exorcist came out. Well, they thought there was literal evil in the film. Yeah, people were passing out in the movie theaters. They had to have nurses on on duty. Uh, attendance to church tripled. 
after the movie after the movie came out. Hell, people, I'd, I'd people sit. started going to church on Sunday regularly. Man, I can't, you know. Hell, I'd have to go to confession after seeing that thing. Here's here's the thing about The Exorcist is like if you weren't around in 1973 when that thing came out, I seriously, it was it was insane. It was insane when that movie came out. Never seen anything like it. Jaws was close. When Jaws came out, people went nuts when Jaws came out. But The Exorcist was just a phenomenon. And, and I mean, seriously, made headlines. Um, but here's, here's the thing about The Exorcist. You watch that movie now in 2020, it is just as effective as it was in, in 1973. I mean, you want to talk about a movie that holds up and still scary as hell. The Exorcist. My parents went to go see it, like most people on the Northwest Side, at the Gateway Theater, which is now the Copernicus Center, right around the corner from the greatest restaurant on the planet, Gale Street Inn. Uh, They went one night, it was sold out. They waited in line for two hours. Two hours they waited in line. And this was winter. And it was sold out. They couldn't get in. So they went back, I think the next night, went in, and they went with another couple. And... uh, the man and the the husband and the other couple laughed throughout the entire movie, and my mom couldn't believe it. She was freaked out, totally freaked out. Laughed during the entire thing. <laughs> All right, we got some common nightmares here. Psychologists have linked the waking life to what happens in your dreams, and it makes sense. Your unconscious is being released in your sleep, and you're picking up on things you weren't savvy to in real life. Sometimes this manifests in nightmares. So it benefits knowing what exactly a dream is trying to tell you. So we're going to find out what some of these uh, recurring dreams mean and common nightmares. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. We'll do that after we play some comedy. So we'll break here. When we come back, it's time for Floyd R. Turbo, American, from the Johnny Carson Comedy Classics. Tanisha Basham. Smooth songs for you. Yeah, the remake of Not in Love. Who is this again? F- power Village? Will to Power. Will to Power. There it Will is. Will to Power. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio. Uh, we're going to talk about some weird animals. We are going to go on a trip to uh, uh, Amazon.com talk about some real items that are available for purchase and some real reviews of people who purchase those items and some of them are hilarious 312-981-7200 that's our phone number if you'd like to call us we'd love to hear from you we're going to get back to the conversation about uh what uh dreams and some nightmares mean and sleep habits and things like that 312-981-7200 but first we're going to stop for a little comedy which we do uh every morning around this time we like to go back and check out the great stuff that you can find on the Johnny Carson Show, which you can watch every night on Antenna TV. Go back to the classic Johnny Carson Show. And uh, this morning, one of my favorite Johnny Carson characters, Floyd R. Turbo, American. And uh, he was he's a great recurring character that Johnny used to do. So uh, from the Carson Comedy Classic, here's Floyd R. Turbo. 
Recently, this network broadcast an editorial in which our station, WXYZZ, came out against hunters being allowed to indiscriminately kill animals in the forest. As you know, it is the policy of this station to invite qualified spokesmen to speak in rebuttal. Here tonight with an opposing view in favor of hunters is Mr. Floyd R. Turbo. Mr. Turbo. My name is Floyd R. Turbo, American. <laughs> this commie station says we should not kill innocent animals in the woods. This raises the question, kiss my ammo. <laughs> Hunting is a challenge against superior odds. The deer has its cunning, its speed, its camouflage. All we have is a 12-bore shotgun and a Chevy pickup. <laughs> Hunting is as much a sport as bowling. Only in hunting, the pin spotter gets killed and eaten. <laughs> Hunters are self-reliant. Believe me, when you're walking through a forest, you have to look out for number one. And number two. <laughs> hunting is much more than just killing animals. It's also sitting around a roaring campfire with your buddies until somebody's beer can melts to his fly. <laughs> Many great Americans have been hunters like Daniel Boone, Teddy Roosevelt, and the guy who zapped Bambi's mother. <laughs> People say we enjoy terrifying defenseless creatures, cornering them and firing guns at them. This is wrong. They left out driving around with them tied to your fender and drooling on your hubcaps. <laughs> I live for the great outdoors. <laughs> the fresh air and the sound of a coyote howling at my moon. <laughs> the do-gooders say deer should not be killed because they are cute and defenseless. Bull shish kebab. <laughs> Deers are dangerous to hunters. How would you like to be in the woods at night and have something big and horny sneak up behind you? <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love animals. I always have. When I was a little boy, I remember getting my first teddy bear. I got him right between the eyes. <laughs> On TV, they make such a big deal out of endangered species. If endangered species are such a big deal, how come you never see any of them around? <laughs> These bleeding heart liberals make me sick. They ought to put their mouth where my money is. <laughs> talk of controlling our weapons. I, for one, don't want to get frisked when I enter a park. I have a constitutional right to bulge if I want to. <laughs> they say hunters are sick. You try getting up at four in the morning, drink a case of beer, then bounce around in a jeep with nine bad-smelling dudes in wool jackets, you'd be sick too. <laughs> I only kill in self-defense. What would you do if a rabbit pulled a knife on you? <laughs> but I love nature. It is fun to stand on the edge of a mountain cliff at sunrise and hear your voice echo across the valley like this. 
as the good book says. There's a time to laugh and a time to cry. And a time to blow away a squirrel with a Teflon dum-dum. Remember, if God didn't want man to hunt, he wouldn't have given us plaid shirts. Thank you. Oh. Hilarious. Hilarious. Bull shish kebab. <laughs> God, I love Johnny Carson. Always fun to play that back in the middle of the morning like this. Uh, right after 2.30, we always play Carson Comedy Classics, and you can watch the Johnny Carson Show every night on Antenna TV. And I highly recommend you do, and we'll play some more comedy from uh, the Johnny Carson Show uh, tomorrow. And tomorrow is Friday, so uh, we'll be back with our regular Friday features, straight out of context. That's when you listen to this radio station 24-7, whenever anybody says something that you can pull out of context uh, and it sounds a little dirty and it makes you giggle like a nine-year-old. You jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. We also have Nick D Show Spies. That's when you listen to this station 24-7. Whenever anybody mentions me in any capacity, we want to know about it. You become a spy. Again, jot down the day, the time, who said it, and send it to nickdshow at gmail.com. We have you big dummy. That's where we read real news stories of real dumb people doing real dumb stuff and then we vote on who's the biggest dummy. Tom votes, then I vote, and then the first person through at 312-981-7200 votes. And, of course, Fly Jams Friday, where DJ Luscious Hushes plays back all the R&B and funky songs to kick off your Friday morning. So that's all tomorrow on the show. Uh, right now, let's get back to talking about uh, some common nightmares and some sleep issues. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Here's Frank on WGN. Go ahead, Frank. Uh, good morning, Nick. Yeah, you know, a, a little bit of information concerning this uh, uh, about The Exorcists. Uh, yeah, it was a good movie, and I remember everything that you were talking about it. But there was this guy that thought, I mean, he was really bad. And The Exorcist, he got him out of it. But he, I don't know, the priest, he, he got him out of it, but he never paid him. And I'll tell you, you know what happened to this man? What? He got repossessed. Is it what's what's what, is there something in the air this morning? <laughs> All right, Frank, thanks. All right, Nick. All right, take care. Oh. You ever see Ooh. that movie Repossessed? Yeah, isn't With, that Leslie Nielsen? Leslie Nielsen, Linda Blair's and in Linda it too. Blair's, yeah. yeah. God. You know, I have seen it, yeah. After Police Squad, you know, and then Naked Gun, uh Leslie Leslie Nielsen just kept making stupid comedies that weren't nearly as funny as Police Squad. Like he did, Sp- well, and, and the Naked Gun. Would you consider that in the Police Squad vein? Oh Love yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's based on the, the based on the TV, the TV show. show. Right? The TV show is the funniest thing. It's I think it's funnier than any of the movies, and I and I like the wow, movies. Really? I, I, oh yeah, no. The, the the TV series of Police Squad is funnier than the Naked Gun movies. It's one of the funniest things that's ever been on television. Um. But uh, yeah, after that, Leslie, because you know Leslie Nielsen was just kind of a regular leading man. Before Police Squad. Like, he, you know, he's in Forbidden Planet. He's in uh, Poseidon Adventure. He's the captain in Poseidon Adventure. Uh, and, of course, Day of the Animals, where he wrestles a bear, a grizzly bear. Amazing. 
That's a shirtless, shirtless <laughs> Leslie Nielsen wrestling a grizzly bear. You want to see shirtless Frank Drebin wrestling a grizzly bear? We got the weather? Okay. I could just say it's going to be hot. I could just say that. It's going to suck. Yeah, we're just having I'm having a little trouble getting the current temps, so just give me a minute. Oh, it's 90. Isn't it like 90 no, out? No, it's like 70, high 70s. High 70s right now. No. It's like 104 outside. Yeah, right is that what it, it's a bajillion degrees? That's right. Get out your eggs, everyone. 3, we're cooking 000, on the sidewalk. Three thousand percent humidity. <laughs> what would that even feel like? I, I don't know. Three thousand percent. My toilet humidity. tank would sweat even more. <laughs> and I mean, there's nothing you could do to really fix that, is there? Other than try to dehumidify it. I got the dehumidifier right next to the toilet. It's actually. It's you know it's dripping a little bit, but I do have towels behind it, and it's not. Somebody uh, texted, not texted me on my Facebook set. I'm concerned that your downstairs neighbor is being. It's dripping down to your downstairs neighbor. It's not. I have a damp towel on the floor. That's that's it, and then I switch it out with a with one that's not damp. It's not like it's, you know, but anyway, uh, we will see some drop in humidity over the weekend though. So that'll be lovely. But uh, today, I, I, and I think we've got, we got storms coming through. So not only is it going to be hot and humid, but it's going to be stormy, which makes it even worse. So, okay, I've got some common dreams and nightmares and what they actually mean. 312-981-7200 if you want to talk about some sleep issues and dreams or that kind of stuff. <laughs> man. Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio here till 4 o'clock. At 4 o'clock, we head over to Bradley Place to the TV side of WGN, get an hour's worth of news and information from those great folks. And then at 5 o'clock, it's the legendary Bob Surratt with your morning drive. 312-981-7200 is the phone number, and the news is next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Okay. Um, do you ever rec- have recurring uh, dreams? Tom? Recurring dreams. Um, a lot of falling. Yes. A lot of falling. That's common. Yeah. And it's it stinks because, uh, you know, it usually jolts you awake. Yes. When you have that dream where you're just free falling. Yes. Something like that. Um, yeah, that's always really odd. I've, I've had uh, losing limbs a few times. The, the recurring dream that I have and I've had for years is uh, my teeth falling out. The teeth, a classic. Yeah, it's it's mentioned here in this article. Uh, if you have recurring nightmares or recurring dreams, 312-981-7200. How about clowns? Oh, God. Clowns are creepy. We have to establish this. To see one in your dreams might make you feel uneasy, but there's a reason behind it. According to dream moods, the clown may represent a mysterious person in your life who means you harm. Somebody you know may not be who they appear to be, or somebody may be pretending to be somebody they are not and hiding under a facade. Well, do that's they, scary. Do they happen to live in a sewer grate? It's a, Yeah, and have a red balloon. Uh, it's re, It really depends on what kind of clown appears in your dream. Is he happy or sad? 
This will help indicate what feelings you may be feeling. Well, that's not reassuring <laughs> at all. Were you were you a bozo kid? Oh yeah, Bob Bell, man. I know. I and they were the nice, you know, nicest guy on earth. The people, the anybody who's ever portrayed bozo has always been fantastic. Who's who 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 played him after Bob Bell? Uh, let's see. And continues to play him, I think. When he whenever he whenever bozo pops up you ever see that legendary picture of bozo standing next to Sven Gulli, like two of the biggest yeah. yeah that's one of my favorite pictures of all time rich standing next to bozo it's like two unbelievable local chicago legends television legends what a great picture but yeah bob bell and then uh, larry was it larry no someone uh, larry Harmon. no that's the creator, uh, creator of bozo yeah the creator yeah that's the only larry i can think of I can't remember. Somebody might know. Who plays Bozo now? Who inherited the the world after Bob? Bob Bell was my childhood Bozo. Yeah, and I think that was for a lot of folks. Yeah. Bob Bell. Yeah. Bob Bell was my, my childhood Bozo. But uh, always terrified of him. What? I was always terrified of Bozo. Really? I loved his buckets. Big fan of the buckets. Yeah. But uh, yeah, terrified of Bozo. Not a big I was my, I was more scared of Ringmaster Ned. <laughs> <laughs> Ned Locke? Yeah. What was your beef with Ringmaster Ned? I don't know. He seems scary to me. I, I, I just imagine, you know, like, I, I just imagine he was mean to kids. <laughs> you know, like off camera, he was a jerk to kids. That's 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 what I, I just had that feeling. I have no proof of any of that. It was just a gut feeling I had. It was like that Ringmaster Ned, man. All right. So clowns. That's that's it's not fun to dream about clowns. How about snakes are, are around you? Not a fan of snakes. They slither, they hiss, they have fangs. That's not great. So to imagine you have one near you or on you is pretty creepy. Apparently, when you dream about snakes, it signifies hidden fears and worries that are threatening you according to dream moods. Your dream is telling you to wake up. Not right at that second because sleep, but uh, your actual waking life, you should be alert to your surroundings. Um... I don't. I don't know. I can't remember whether I've ever had a dream about snakes or with snakes in them. It's, not, it's certainly not a recurring one for me. Um, here's falling. You ready to? Yeah. Tell me. Tell me what's wrong with my brain. You don't need to be so hard on yourself. If you're dreaming oh. about falling, you might need to lighten up. Lighten up, Francis. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> call me Francis. I kill you. Dream moods explains that these dreams often reflect a sense of failure or inferiority in some circumstance or situation. It may be the fear of failing in your job or school, loss of status, or failure in love. Jeez, Mm. Tom, you might want to go to a psychiatrist. (laughs) I need a head shrinker. Yeah, it can be creepy to dream about falling into a bottomless pit, but it's worse to be mean to yourself in your real waking life. Stop being mean to yourself. Okay. I will say that was I, I used to have that a lot in school. I was always terrified of not doing well enough in school. Well, that probably makes sense then. Yeah, and I, I you know, I was never I was a good student throughout yeah. my life. Not amazing. I yeah. made dean's list here and there and made Jeez. honor roll occasionally. Uh, I graduated high school with a two point two, my friend. Oh wow. Yes, sir. Solid C. C. C's get degrees, baby. That's right, man. C's get degrees. Well, I didn't. I didn't get a degree either. 
Nah. Dropped out of college. Dropped out of college. Well, you got a high school diploma. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Barely. <laughs> I, well, I feel bad because I don't think grades are always the most uh, well, accurate way I, of d- I, describing I will say, I will say this. I, in, in elementary school, I did great. I was a great student. And when I got to high school, each year it got progressively, I got progressively dumber <laughs> and lazier. <laughs> By senior year, I was just like, why am I even here? What, what do you think that was? I just didn't care. Stopped caring. Yeah, I would go to I'd go to school because I liked it. I had friends and we had fun, you know. But I barely. I mean, I like I said, I graduated with a two point two. Wow. Yeah. I think my high school graduating GPA was somewhere around like a three six, three seven. Oh, Got to be kidding me, man. I know. How about if you have a, a a dream where you're seeing the dead? I've had that. To see dead people in your dream could signify that you are being influenced by negative people and are hanging around the wrong crowd. Now, when they say, I wonder when the dead, do they mean people that you know or Abe just Lincoln? In, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Abe, honestly, if Abe Lincoln visited me in a dream, I would listen to whatever he was saying. It's, I don't know why that popped into my head. I think subconsciously it's, it, it, it's dazed and confused. Yeah. Yeah. Because he has the Abe Lincoln dream. Um, or just like in general, the de- like zombies. Yeah, that's well, not yeah, a crowd you yeah. want. You don't want to hang out with that crowd. No, according yep. to dream moods, it really depends on the, the who these people are. Do you know them? Are they strangers? Different meanings can be interpreted based on your relationship for the deceased uh, who appear in your dream. Nevertheless, to have someone who has passed on to make a cameo in your sleep might make you feel uneasy, and not to mention emotional. Teeth falling out. Here we go. This is it. Let's let's shrink your head. This creepy dream about losing your precious teeth is pretty common. If you dream about the decay or loss of your teeth, it could mean that you're having some serious feelings and worry about a life change. Really? Well, I do worry a lot. I'm a I'm a big worrier. So um being naked. Oh boy. Being naked in front of a crowd can be a creepy feeling. Nobody wants to expose themselves fully to a group of people, whether they know them or not. According to the Dream Dictionary, it's a very common dream and can symbolize shame with yourself or feeling guilty in a situation. Perhaps exercising this blissful art of meditation, you can do some meditation before before bed. It can ward off anxiety dreams like this one. Being chased. As in? Being chased. Well, like not, you know, philandering or? No, someone chasing you. Oh, someone. Ch- well, you. To be chased, to chastity. No, chased, like somebody oh, okay. behind you. Nobody likes being chased. It induces uh, that not so welcome feeling of pit in your stomach. But this uh, dream is sort of one for anxiety. According to dream moods. These kinds of dreams stemming from fear of anxiety in your waking life. Flee and flight is an instinctive response to a physical threat in the environment. So it's an anxiety dream. I could have told you that. Yeah, think think of that being chased in a dream. I wonder if you're anxious. Yeah. Uh, Driving an out-of-control car. Another dream indicating anxiety. The stress of not being able to control a car in motion could mean you're also feeling out of control in your life. Take a breather once you wake up. Perhaps make yourself feel like you're in control, even if that means jotting down a list of things to do. 
getting hurt. This dream uh, meaning is pretty intuitive. Getting an injury can feel pretty creepy in a dream, but if you're totally fine, it could mean that you're trying to heal. According to dream prophecy, the dreamer could have been physically or emotionally injured many years ago or as recent as the day of the dream. Most important symbolism is the fact that the dreamer is attempting to heal deep inside from the injury. And then finally, sleep paralysis. Quite possibly the most creepy of them all is sleep paralysis. It's the still sleeping but awake out-of-body experience that makes you feel like you're being haunted or possessed. It's not so much a dream as it is a sleep disorder, but it remains to be the most frightening of experiences, especially if you don't know what's going on. Live science explains that sleep paralysis occurs when the brain and the body aren't quite on the same page when it comes to sleep. What feels like the worst night terror imaginable isn't actually a night terror at all. It doesn't actually symbolize anything, and don't worry, you're not being stalked by the supernatural. That's terrifying, I think. So those are your uh, interpretations of dreams. So there it is. Um, We are going to uh, take a trip to uh, Amazon.com and go through some actual Amazon items that you can buy for purchase and then um, read the actual reviews because some of them are just spectacular and funny. And remember, these are real... um, these are real products and real reviews. So uh, that's coming up after the news, which is happening now. My mama told me she said song does this song again that'd be cornelia the cornelius brothers and sister rose ah uh, yes great song used to great effect in black klansman there's a yeah got that great yeah yeah, in the club. yeah 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 wow beautiful boy spike lee's on a roll isn't he absolutely crushing it right now really you know i don't know what's going on with the oscars because of what's happening in the world but i'm telling you if they don't award Delroy Lindo with something for the Five Bloods, uh, I'm I'll, I will be angry. <laughs> In general, for that movie too, so good. It's on Netflix. The Five Bloods, Spike Lee's latest movie, best thing he's done. Well, he's done a lot of great movies lately. Like I said, he's on a roll. He's had a lot of great movies over the years. If we're being honest, yeah. Absolutely. God, Black Klansman's a good movie. All right. Well, uh, hi. It's Nick DeGilio on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio. We're here till 4 at 4 o'clock. Head over to Bradley Place, the TV side of WGN. Our good friends over there will give us some news and information. And then the legendary, the great Bob Surratt is your morning host at 5. Every once in a while, we like to go to Amazon.com. Do you like to go to Amazon.com, Tom? Every once in a while? Yeah, me too. <laughs> we got things there. You have things that you can order. Stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of interesting and weird items. And what's even funnier about some of the items that are on Amazon is the fact that people review them. Uh, 312-981-7200. Have you ever reviewed an item on Amazon? Was it a negative uh, review? 
Uh, we would love to hear from you at 312-981-7200. So the following are real, actual reviews that people posted on Amazon regarding certain items. And every once in a while, we like to do a segment we call It Came From Amazon, which are actual items and actual reviews. So uh, are we ready, Tom? Go ahead. That one with the, with the uh, double-barrel shotgun or my grandfather's shotgun <laughs> is still one of my favorites. Okay. Um, Celestron Power Seeker 50AZ Refractor Telescope. That's a mouthful. Yes, it is. I'm looking at it. It looks like a pretty nice telescope. Five out of five. Stars. It saved the world. This is by Roman, who says, I bought this telescope so my daughter could look at the moon and babysit herself while I went out at night dressed as a superhero to bust hoodlums in the neighborhood. (laughs) These are great, man. Last night I found my arch nemesis, Captain Spaghetti. Robbing the local retirement home. <laughs> Robbing the local retirement home. He was able to elude me and escape in his custom gold-plated helicopter. I rushed home and used my daughter's telescope to look at the helicopter's license plate. This thing is so powerful I could see Captain Spaghetti's twisted smile as he flew off. After getting his plate number, I tracked the helicopter's IP process with a GUI-1 created Visual Basic. Needless to say... Me and the cyber police were waiting for Captain Spaghetti when his bird touched down. All of the stolen dentures <laughs> All of the stolen dentures and adult diapers were returned <laughs> to the rightful owners at the retirement home. This tele- this telescope saved lives that night and I'm sure it won't be the last time. Oh. People people I just you know these are real. So, hey, you know, um, but before we get back to this really quickly, Tom, are you aware that, like, in the middle of the night, Frank Thomas is doing male enhancement pill commercials? I've, uh, I've seen it. Okay. Do you know what you have to text in order to get, like, a free bottle of male enhancement? I'm guessing it's some, uh, like, 1-800... No, you have to text the word. Oh, is it hurt? No, it's sting. Sting. I don't sting. I don't understand. I don't. You know, I see the commercial here, but the volume obviously is off. It's just that we've got you know monitors in here and some TV. You know, some TVs. Sting is the is the key word in order to get a free bottle of uh, male enhancement sexual pills. Well, nothing screams male virility like sting. Well, that's true. That's probably why. He's thinking of Sting from the police. Sting from the Sting of the Police. Well, I mean, he's one of the. He's at one point he was like, "Yeah, we go for about eight hours." Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, he and Trudy would go for like eight hours. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> they, you know, what? I'm guessing that's what the pills are made of. It's just They're just like, what Sting's DNA. Yeah, little, little vials of Sting's blood. <laughs> You'll have the libido of a of a jackrabbit on spring oh, break. God. All right. Well, we're going to get back to uh, uh, it came from Amazon and uh, the Amazon real items and real reviews. That first one was a gem already. So, uh, and if you've uh, ever left a review on Amazon, three one two nine eight one seven two hundred.
Sinatra, man. Sunday mornings, you can hear uh, Dave Plyer hosting uh, the Sinatra Village. <laughs> uh, it's awesome. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. We're going to get back to these actual items that people purchased from Amazon and then left uh, pretty ridiculous reviews, and they're all real. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Here's Brian on WGN. Hey, Brian. Hey, good morning, Nick. How are you today? All right. What's up? Well, um, I have actually reviewed products on Amazon because I think it's a great option. You go to a store, and brick and mortar is great, but you can't really always know a lot about the product that you're buying, whereas if you look on Amazon, you can read through reviews. Yeah. But I wanted to uh, have you look up um, uranium ore that you can buy on Amazon. Oh, we did that one. Okay, you did that because yeah. the questions and so forth. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's okay. hilarious. No, we did we did that. We did, did we do that? We did that one of, uh, like a, last month, didn't we, Tom? Oh, uh, I think I think that was one that we did. We did it a while ago, but it's it's a classic. Oh, I mean, it is. This, this one gets Brian. This one gets featured on any list of the funniest Amazon reviews. Are always for the uranium ore. Yeah. Yeah, that was we started. I think when we, I think that was maybe even in the first time we did this. Yeah, segment. it was so fun. It's hilarious. You're absolutely right, Brian. It's absolutely classic. So, all right, Brian. Thanks, okay, buddy. Good. All right. Have a good day. Take care now. Okay. <laughs> From the uranium ore. Here's a question. I want to turn my pet iguana into a 400 foot tall kaiju with radioactive breath. How many should I buy? <laughs> Uh, hey, when was Godzilla versus speaking of kaiju? When was Godzilla versus uh, Kong supposed okay. to be released? Uh, that would it have was been summer, this, right? I think this is going to be this year. It was supposed to be this year. Ugh. Next year. Ugh. I don't want to wait another year. And I, yeah, I mean, we have to. We have to, obviously, yeah. for safety reasons. And but. you know, let's be honest. I remember last year. When Godzilla, I'd only been working for with you for like two months. When Godzilla, oh. King of the Monsters, came out, we went crazy. I went nuts. Yeah, we and, went and, to, and one and the morning it opened, the Friday it opened, we both came in with Godzilla t-shirts yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm gonna watch a if I'm gonna watch a Godzilla movie, I'm gonna watch it in IMAX. So yeah, no, I mean we saw it we saw it in IMAX the the last. I love the last one. It was great. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Okay, are we ready for some more real items with real reviews from Amazon? Blue Q, maybe you touched your genitals liquid hand soap. <laughs> what? That's the actual that's what's on the that's what's on the, 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 the pump there. That's what it says. It's maybe you touched your genitals liquid hand soap. Here's the review. When I clean, polish, and coif my <laughs> coif my genitals several times a day, I do not think that the uh, others at my office are as thorough as I am at genital hygiene. I'm talking to you, Jeff, in IT. <laughs> a must-have for the office. Keep one handy uh, by the conference room speakerphone. Definitely send a dozen bottles to the ID department, IT department. And yes, I'm talking to you, Jeff. Bringing in pizza or donuts for the gang. Don't forget the maybe you touched your genitals liquid hand soap, because you knew you know Jeff from IT will be the first to, 
line in for the goods. Getting your new smartphone set up on a business server, include a bottle of maybe you touched your genitals liquid hand soap with the work request, because there's a good chance that SOB Jeff will be the one who gets the help ticket. Because uh, and keep, basically keep this handy anytime you know that Jeff from IT will be around. <laughs> you ever notice that um, IT departments are always like a target of jokes? Oh, it's so unfair! It's completely unfair. We wouldn't we wouldn't survive without the IT department. I know, I know. But they get they're such a target though. <laughs> Ay-yi-yi. You fix your own computer then. Exactly. Go have ahead, you, smart have, guy. Have you tried turning it off and back on again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's always the problem. Like whenever I, if I've ever had an issue with cable, I call up and I'm like, "Hey, something's wrong." They're like, "Turn it off and turn then turn it back on." Yeah. And then you turn it off for thirty seconds. You unplug it for thirty seconds. Yeah. Plug it back in. Everything's fine. I'm like, I'm sorry, I called you. <laughs> Like this old man. Like, oh God, another idiot calling up. <laughs> I bet he's. I bet he's surrounded by wedges. Yeah, yeah, old man, trying to get some wedges. Um, yeah, I you know, just I just feel bad for for the IT department. I mean, they they have to put up with so much crap anyway from us, you know. And now they're targets of comedy. Hey man, I don't give any crap to the IT. I no, I don't. You, I appreciate. By the way, our IT guy, as I've talked to him before. Is fantastic. Yeah. Mark. Good fantastic guy. Fantastic and hilarious. Will walk you through any problems that you have and make you laugh. I'm almost 100% certain that he would not need the, maybe you touched your genitals. No, he would so. not need them. <laughs> <laughs> you should buy some and just put that on his desk. How about this? 3M Performance Plus Nuclear Duct Tape. What? Five out of five, great control of sulfur and slight radioactive activities. And uh, here's the review. After a long night of beer and hot wings, I decided to overnight this tape to my house as I knew what was going to happen. After the epic birthing of a giant brown monster, I used the 3M's Performance Plus nuclear tape to seal around the bathroom's door and into the bedroom. To my surprise, my wife and children never smelled anything that I had to endure. After five months and 29 days, I removed the tape. (laughs) I was happy to find no sticky residue left on the doorframe. I do see Amazon is selling this for less. I wish I would have waited, but as I did pay the full price. (laughs) Nuclear duct tape. Oh, man. These are real, real items. Zuba's classics. Oh, come on. Zupa's plastic zebra or classic zebra printed athletic lounge pants. I can't believe this was a thing. There's still a thing. Oh man. You can get Blackhawk Zubas. Yeah, I know I've seen them. Kind of cool. I've never worn Zubas in my life. You don't you never struck me as a Zubas guy. I had a fr- I had a friend who wore them all the time. That's all he wore. You're just Zubas? That's it. All day all night? Yep. Unless they, unless he went to work, I think he didn't wear Zubas to work. Yeah, but, I, I really hope he didn't wear but, Zubas to work. But he, but you know, we could wear Zubas to work. Nobody's here. I'm not even wearing any pants. I have Zubas on right now. <laughs> <laughs> so 
So zubas are they, so zubas are just like are they like leggings? Like what, no, what's the material? They're, they're, it's, it, it's, I don't know cotton. Okay, and they just are they all that kind of stripey look? Oh yeah. Okay, that's their thing. That's that it. Got like yeah, the, that's the mark of zubas. Yeah, yeah. It'll be different. Like the Blackhawks one are red and black. Yes, and white. exactly. Okay. Um, but I mean, in the eighties, forget about it. Let me get on my the, the, formal Zubas. I, I'm telling you, man, the 80s were, were, were t- people talk about the 70s. You know, oh, the hair from the 70s and the clothes from the 70s. The 80s were 8,000 times worse than the, than the 70s. Most of the color For, palettes were just like if you ridiculous. ate. Ridiculous. They ate like five neon glow sticks and then threw up on their pants. Women had football shoulder pads on. <laughs> in the 80s puffed out their hair six feet tall i i honestly i thought 80s hair not too bad oh no i except for maybe the mullet there was i the had mullet. a mullet you, of course you did you know why bono had a mullet you go back and watch live aid it's a fantastic mullet and hey bono had a mullet that was cool i had a mullet i had a rat tail that's that's grim Yep, that's spiked grim, up on dude. spiked up on top, rat tail in the back. Oh. I'm not kidding. Oh, Nick, what? Why? Yeah, the '80s were not kind to my head. Let me just say that. <sighs> had to, sh- to shave the sides. On the side, the I side. feel physically ill. '80s man, I feel. And back disgusting. then, I mean, you know, I, I I look back at that and I'm like, I was a moron. I looked like an idiot. <laughs> but back in that, back in those days, it was like. That was the that was the hip trend, man. Little rat tail in the back. Did you rock a stash? Uh, yes, I did. Oh my! Not for a long time. Not for a long time, but I did have a stash at the same time as the mullet. Uh, let me think. No. Okay. No, I that shaved. Would be... Oh yeah, yes, I did. Yes, yes, I did. There was a little period of time where I had the I had the bad stash and the mullet. Yeah. I hope they didn't let you within like a mile of a playground because you probably. <laughs> You look like an offender. <laughs> and the, you know, I had like some 80s pants. And, uh, but mostly, I mean, I haven't, you know, my, my, um, how I dress, I've been dressing like this forever. And it's just t shirt and jeans and stuff like that. The classic. And I used to, you know, before the grunge thing, I had, you know, I had the flannel before anybody was wearing the flannel. You're like Neil Young. You were grunge before it even existed. Yeah. All of a sudden, Eddie Vedder's running around dressed like me. And at that time, I had really long hair, so people were like, you're trying to be like Eddie Vedder. Not really. It took me a long time to grow my hair. <laughs> Pearl Jam just released their first album a month ago, so why don't you shut up? <laughs> All right. Uh, here's what they say. Here's the review of the Zubas. Not pants, a lifestyle. As soon as I put on these pants, I knew something was different. As soon as I donned my white tennis shoes, I could... Suddenly feel the wind blowing back my bowl cut, even though I was inside. I tucked my hyper-color t-shirt <laughs> into the huggably soft elastic waistband and immediately began practicing my karate skills in my parents' basement. Will Smith's parents j- just don't understand came on, and I got so pumped I accidentally roundhouse kicked my little brother through eight layers of drywall. <laughs> He was pretty upset considering he's 35 and had back surgery earlier this year. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure he was just jealous of my new pants. (laughs) I begged him not to tell our mom, but he did. Anyway, because he's a tattletale. Whatever. 
I didn't even mention the fact that he broke through the wall and ruined my Jonathan Taylor Thomas poster. <laughs> but I'm the only one who got in trouble. I tried to explain to my mom that the pants were making me too hype, but she didn't listen. She keeps telling me I should move out, but I know she just wants my Pog collection that I'm storing in the garage. <laughs> then it ends with as if. I am crying. I accidentally roundhouse kicked my little brother through eight layers of drywall. I'm seriously, I'm seriously crying. Oh my god! All right. Um. <laughs> Uh, these things are so funny. Oh man! All right, <laughs> let's break. Let's break here. I got the weather. If I can actually get through it. <laughs> Right. Uh, Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline Studio, 18 stories above beautiful downtown Chicago. We're here till 4, as we are every weekday morning. Uh, and then uh, we go to Bradley Place, the TV side of WGN, for some news and information. Then at 5 o'clock, it's Bob Surratt with your morning drive. And we're back. And uh, we are uh, going through some real... Uh, products that you can buy on Amazon and reading some real reviews that people have left behind. And the 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 last one with the Zuba's pants is a that's one of the best ever. One of the best ever. I was crying literally, laughing so hard. Oh, <laughs> I love that people just spend time doing this. Let's just go on Amazon <laughs> and writing these ridiculous reviews. They make a, make going Amazon.com very entertaining. Um, and also it made for makes for a pretty entertaining segment on this show. All right. Quirky Egg Minder Wink app enabled smart egg tray. I don't even know what that means. Quirky Egg Minder Wink app enabled smart egg tray. And it's like it looks like a plastic tray with a cover that you snap on it, and uh, and then you know the little cups where you can put your eggs. Uh, five out of five, says the review. Perfect for single dads. Here's the review: As a single Mormon dad, this product has been a lifesaver. Since my wives left, <laughs> since my wives left, I've had to grapple with some hard questions like how many kids do I have, what are their names again. Is that one of mine? Picking them up from Sunday school involved a little too much guesswork. So I disassembled this device and placed the sensors directly on my ch- on my children. Now I can tell not only how many I have, but how old they are, which ones are rotten, who, who's about to go bad, all from my smartphone. It also helps ensure 
uh, their safety. Because if, God forbid, uh, I ever have fewer than 14, I'll get a push notification. <laughs> defense, ne- uh, defense Technology MK9 Pepper Spray. I told you I've been sprayed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Outside of the Vic Theater. Right on the corner of Belmont and Sheffield. School bus full of kids. Because uh, they were protesting iced tea. Because Body Count was playing that night at the Vic. And, you know, they released that song Cop Killer, which was very controversial and, of course, you know, caused protests all over the place. So there were a bunch of protests right in front of the Vic Theater. Of course, I was going to see them. Uh, stand on the corner, a bus goes by, and it just kind of grazed my jacket. Horrifying. Seriously, I can't imagine getting sprayed in the face with that stuff. I mean, it, it does its job. Let me just say that. You know, if you want protection, if you're carrying around some pepper spray, it works. Let me just say that. I didn't even get direct contact. Horrible. Also been sprayed by a skunk. Yes, I've get get out of the way. Also horrible. <laughs> I was sober during the pepper spray, but I was drunk during the skunk. I was drunk as a skunk. Hold on a minute. Wait a second. A minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on. Here we. <laughs> it must have uh, left a little Henny Youngman juice behind. Yeah, exactly. Yesterday. Exactly. It happened right outside. The Honeybee Complex. <laughs> honeybee Complex, known for its skunks, I guess. And the Mambo Kings. The Mambo Kings. Yeah, we watch the Mambo Kings all the time at the Honeybee Complex. So anyway, Defense Technology MK9 Pepper Spray. Uh, 5.5, uh, 5 out of 5. Are you ready for this? It's a wonderful food product. At Megan. <laughs> At Megan Kelly's suggestion. <laughs> At Megan Kelly's suggestion, I now use Defense Technology 56895 MK9 Stream 1.3% Red Band 1.3% Blue Band Pepper Spray on all my cuisine that needs a little extra kick. Seafood, pasta, and pizza. <clears throat> I'll get the UC Davis treatment at my house. The bloody (laughs) (laughs) my god! The bloody Marys are just amazing. I can't wait for this year's Christmas party. Brutal. Hey, you went to Kent State, didn't you? Hey, you went to Kent State, didn't you? That's right, Harry. And they didn't shoot you. (laughs) Actual Harry Carey quote live on the air. Hey, Steve, you went to Kent State, didn't you? Uh, That's right, Harry. And they didn't shoot you? (laughs) How do you respond to that? Steve Stone just went, uh, no, they didn't, uh, Harry. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Harry. Oh, boy. You ever buy anything uh, ridiculous on uh, online? 
312-981-7200. You ever buy something just ridiculous? Like you're just tooling around online. You're like, oh, this is going to be cool. So you order it because it's easy and you're online and it doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. I think I think everybody has done that at some point. You know? Um, got online and went to a little too far. All right. 312-981-7200. All right. How about the FaceBank Coin Eating Savings Bank? So it's like a... Looks like a, a little face. It's got some eyes, and you put the coin in the, in the mouth. I used to have a uh, a bank that was like a coffin. When I was a kid, you'd put the coin on it, and all of a sudden a hand would come out and pull it down into the into the uh, into the bank. And because I loved everything monster related and scary, I loved mm-hmm. it. I also had you should look this up online, see if they're still available, Tom. Um, I also had a uh, a Frankenstein. It was a, an electric Frankenstein, and. He was like on a little podium, and he would press the button, and he would start doing the Frankenstein thing where he move his arms were out in front of him. He would move and light up, and then his pants would fall down. That's, that's what the whole thing was. Frankenstein's pants would fall down. But of course, I loved it. So uh, I don't know if they still got those. They still have them? <laughs> well, you know, it's kind of, it's very specific. So it's a dancing Frankenstein whose pants fall down. That's exactly what it is. All right, I'll do my best. I'll see if I can track that down. Yeah. So dancing Frank, I loved it when I was a kid. <laughs> All right. Let me give you some weather, and then we'll come back and uh, finish this up. And uh, by the way, if you've ever bought anything really dumb that you regretted buying online, you ever buy anything, Tom, that you were like, man, why did I do that? Because some people just go nuts when they're online. Like, I'm going to order this, I'm going to order that, because it's so easy. It's just click, click, click. Did you ever order anything stupid? Yeah, I I was trying to buy an Inatech mug, like from Office Space. Oh, okay. But what it was, and I thought I saw the picture of it, and it was like an Inatech mug. But then when I got it, it was a plain white mug with a picture of the Inatech mug on the mug. What? Yeah. Dumbest thing I've ever experienced. Isn't that false advertising? I have no idea what it is, but I felt pretty stupid afterward. (laughs) (laughs) All right. nuts. Uh, I'll tell you about the the review for the Face Bank Coin Eating Savings uh, Bank. Have you ever bought anything stupid online? Got a little carried away, clickety 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 shoppity shoppity shoppity, and then you get the thing in the mail and you go, "What the hell did I buy this for?" Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. We'll get back to a few more of these uh, ridiculous Amazon reviews.
Hey, it's Nick DeGilio here on 720 WGN, live in the Skyline studio uh, until 4 o'clock. And then at 4 o'clock, we head over to the TV side of WGN over at Bradley Place, uh, get some news information from that great group of people, and then uh, the one and only Bob Surratt at 5 o'clock with your morning drive. WGN 720 is here for you 24-7 to keep you informed, to keep you company, and to keep you entertained. And We'll get through this. 312-981-7200 is the phone number. Uh, if you've ever bought any, anything that turned out to be really stupid purchase online. So we've got real, these are real items and real Amazon reviews. Um, uh, so we, we were just uh, talking about the Face Bank Coin Eating Savings Bank. So it looks like a little face. It's like a half triangle. It looks like a little face. Four out of five. I will not moisturize you. <laughs> is what the headline for the review says. The review is, I was absolutely loving this. The longer I had it, however, the more scared I got. It repeatedly asked me to moisturize it, demanding I call it Cassandra. Kept eating my money, though it was a wonderful item. I'm not sure how I feel about it anymore. (laughs) Demanding I call it Cassandra. That's That's actually a Doctor Who reference. Oh, it is? Yeah, that's a reference to the... Uh yeah, Doctor Who, the revival series that came out after 2005. There was a character who is a um basically a living stretched piece of skin with a face on it. And it looks exactly like that face bank. Oh, it does? It looks very close to it. And her name is Cassandra. Oh, it is and, it's and Cassandra? She, yeah, it's just like, oh, and she has an assistant who moisturizes her. <laughs> Oh, so that's just, the whole thing is a Doctor thing, Who reference. Yeah, the whole thing is just a, a Doctor Who joke. I would never, never have gotten that. Who would have thought some nerd on the internet loves Doctor Who and puts funny Amazon was reviews it a, Was there. it a Tenant episode? Uh, yes. Yeah, because that's around 2005 was David Tennant, right? Yeah, she first appears in a Christopher Eccleston, because okay. he, was, he was the first new Doctor mm-hmm. of the 21st century, and then uh, David Tennant. Who was after Tennant? Uh, Matt Smith. Oh, right, Matt Smith. Matt Smith, and then you get uh, the guy who swears a lot. The guy who um, swears a lot. From uh, the thick of it and um, in the loop. You remember? Oh, that, yeah, that guy. Yeah. The guy who swears a lot, of course, because he's in the loop. Yeah. <laughs> but he's got the best ones. And now it's a woman. Yeah. Who looks curiously like my sister. Really? Yeah, she's a dead ringer for my sister. You remember when people were complaining about that? Like guys were complaining that Doctor Who was a woman. It's who, who cares? She doesn't. Ex- it, it's a fictional character. It doesn't this is exist. Just so stupid. And then I, the same thing happened when the Ghostbusters reboot came out. Well, the Ghostbusters can't be women. Shut up. Why not? Who cares? And that movie. I don't care what that. That movie bombed, and nobody likes it. I loved the reboot of Ghostbusters with the girls, with the ladies. I thought it was funny as hell. Um, okay, so that was a whole thing I didn't get. That I didn't get the Doctor Who. How many, how many people listening do you think got that before you explained I, it? You know, I'm going to say that there's quite a few Doctor Who fans listening right now. I wouldn't be surprised. It's I wouldn't. Gra- be surprised. It was a great show. I was huge into Doctor Who. I used to be huge. Into I Doctor used to. Who. I used to watch it after Python when when Tom Baker was. Yeah. The, Tom Baker is my Doctor Who. Oh, of course. He's he's he's, he's the he's the best Doctor Who. Yeah, and his scarf. Well, I just love the the rubber masks and the the Cybermen. Oh no, it's hilarious. It's amazing. Yeah. And the Daleks. Yeah, the Daleks. Peter Cushing was a Doctor Who as well. Yeah. In a Doctor Who movie. Yeah. Speaking of Peter Cushing, Sven is showing uh, Brides of Dracula. 
There you go. On Saturday night. Peter Cushing. Okay, last one. Fresh whole rabbit. My neighbor who raises tortoises is always bragging about how smart his tortoises are. How they're not slow like everyone thinks. I swear it's the only thing this idiot talks about and it's starting to get on my nerves. One afternoon, I'm talking to this guy across the fence about what else, his stupid tortoises, and a light bulb went off over my head and I said, let's have us a good old race, you know, like in the book. I'll get 100 rabbits and you pick 100 of your fastest tortoises. He agreed. We got another neighbor to volunteer to judge the marathon. I ordered 100 of these fresh whole rabbits uh, they were advertised as fresh, so I figured they'd be rested and, re- and ready to go. They did look a little funny, however, uh, but when the day came, I lined them all up. The flag went down. Nothing moved. Nothing. The tortoises never moved an inch. So I catapulted and said, uh, yeah, and I said, let's call it a draw and just go home. But no, the judge announced my neighbor's winners, tortoises were the winners. What the heck, the judge said. He wins on a technicality. Technicality, I shouted. What freaking technicality could you possibly mean? Judge walked down the line of rabbits. One rabbit was placed slightly behind another, 99. So I lost. Apparently, I had a receding hairline. Wow, that's a huge setup That's yeah for a joke. That's a whole page of commentary for receding hairline joke. All right, another another item here that I'm looking at. Uh, you can get a tiny, you can get a set of tiny hands. You know, you know, you remember the character that uh, Kristen Wiig played um, when she would appear on the Lawrence Welk show? Yeah, with the little hands. She had the big forehead and she had the <laughs> tiny hands. <laughs> That's what it looks like. It's a guy. It's a guy. He's got. He looks like he's he's a grunge guy. He's got a backwards baseball cap on, a necklace. And a flannel, big flannel sweater, and he's got the little hands sticking out. Here's a review. There aren't enough words to express my gratitude for these tiny hands, said one Amazon reviewer. They have made me closer with my friends. They have brought me peace of mind. And most importantly, they have strengthened my relationship with God. (laughs) That's nice. All little set of tiny hands. Okay, 1980s style cell phone. It's, but it is huge and inflatable. So it's a giant 80s-looking cell phone, you know, with the antenna and the big numbers. Uh, the review is, pros, never drop the call. Cons, it's not big enough, none of the buttons work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, how about a UFO... Or, I'm sorry, a big book of random numbers. This book, The Million Random Digits with 100,000 Normal Deviates, was written by Rand Corporation in the 1950s to provide high-quality random numbers for research and use. One uh, uh, Amazon reviewer warns, however, that the book falls short of delivering a million digits. They only used 10, and they kept repeating them in different combinations. Don't be fooled. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, Some items that you can order on Amazon available.